from downtown, this is Tim Kitsa from NBA Jam, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka! This week in Nintendo Main, Nintendo stock rises as everybody looks forward to the successor of the Switch. Switch 2? More like, what would I switch to? I like my Switch. I got a huge update. Think about the future! Hopefully you have enough memory. Welcome to Nintendo Main Podcast, episode 404, our first official episode of the year 2024. True. Since our last episode was the best of stuff, Nintendo news, and what holds, what what there is out there for this, for us, for the rest of this year, or whatever in the next months or so. We are your hosts. I'm Trey, still recovering from 2023. Johnson. I'm Jeremy. Is this going to be the year of Epic Quests? I know January is, at least. Mikowski. I'm John. Too much stuff. Knitter. Epic quests and too much stuff. Yeah, John has a big, uh, had a whole bunch of stuff on the list from last week that we didn't talk about. Well, so. yeah, because well, I was gone for. And you were gone like, for like four, three four episodes weeks. too, yeah. And then, then when I came back, it was our, our Game of the Year episode, so no time to talk about the stuff we got and everything. So, yeah, I got, I got a lot of stuff. Yeah, so why don't you start it off? Why don't we start off the show as we normally do and talk about games that we got and games that we've been playing? And John, you can you can go ahead and start there because you got you haven't really said anything since or well whatever you didn't talk about what you did in the three weeks while you're gone or whatever. So yeah, do that. So I was off uh, making the movie, and the movie's called Senior Moments, and it's based on uh, my experience, inspired by my my experience working at a senior home. And so I, I, I'll save all the details for later when the movie comes out. Should be coming out next Christmas. Uh, but I just wanted to mention that I did put a lot of gaming stuff in the movie. So, so relevant to this podcast, uh, there was I got Zelda references and such things th- all throughout. Um, they have a couple of scenes of people playing video games. And I mean, it's, it's inspired by my real life and, and the main characters, you know, it's inspired by, inspired by me and all that stuff. So uh, yeah, there's a, um, some gaming stuff in there, so look forward to that whenever the movie comes out. Should be next year sometime uh, around Christmas. You mean this year sometime, right? This year, yes, you're or right. 2025 you're right. Christmas. 2024. Or 2024, 2024 Christmas. Yes, yeah. it is 2024. Yeah. I had to remember that whenever I was labeling my files last week. So yeah, that, that's why I was gone all those weeks. Uh, but other stuff. So I went to... Two different arcades, two very different arcades in the last couple of weeks. I went to Dave and Buster's, uh, which uh, I don't know if anybody's been to Dave and Buster's recently. It's kind of a sad state of affairs. I thought I they know. were all gone. Actually, I thought they had all they had all closed. I guess it wasn't a David Buster's. There was a place in um, where is it? Uh, the streets of Woodwood. Wood, I forget what what town that is. It's some suburb. There's this like a uh, theater that we used to go to called uh, the Streets of Woodfield, and there's like a big GameWorks. It was GameWorks. 
there was a GameWorks over there, which looks like a Dave and Buster's, and that place is gone. Like, it's completely closed and gone. And it was a really big video game uh, place that Conan and I went there a couple times for my birthday, and they had a bunch of big video video games, and yeah, it's, it's completely done for. It's like right next to Lego Land. There's, I think Lego Land's still there though. But, but yeah, there's, there's that one. But I haven't seen a David Buster's in years, so I don't know. No, they're still around. Uh, this one is, this is the one in Livonia, Michigan. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not what you'd expect when you hear the word arcade. Like they had no classic games whatsoever. Like none of the old machines, and that's really sad. I, w- I wish they would have at least kept us a corner of just like. Classic staple arcade games, but they don't have any of those. What they did have was a bunch of like phone games that are made into arcade machines, like Flappy Bird and all that kind of stuff. Now, there were a select few gems in there, like they had Mario Kart, they had the first Mario Kart arcade GPDX. Um, they had I can't, I can't call this a gem, but it's a Nintendo game regardless. It's the Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, which I never played the arcade version of that. Yeah, I didn't even know there was one. There is one, it's it's very simple. It's there's like three buttons on a panel, and you just like slap the buttons, and then there's some jumping involved once in a while. It's it's not very fun, but I tried it just to check the box. Can you can you curl? Can you play curling on there? Because that's the only is it Winter Olympics or is it regular Olympics? Uh, it's regular Olympics. Oh, okay, I think. That's the, I mean, one, that's maybe, the only thing. All that's the only thing I want to play in video game form is curling because I, I think it's just a hilarious sport. It involves bowling and sweeping together. Yeah, I don't know. Sweeping probably would have been more fun than playing this game. Yeah. Then they had a bunch of the raw thrills games, which, which are the best games, unsurprisingly, at the whole place. So they had like they did have cruise and blast. That was fun to play in the arcade. I don't think I've ever played the arcade version of that one before. Uh, then they have a bunch of like. Um, uh, they had like the giant Pac-Man and the giant Space Invaders. Those are really cool. Those are both Raw Thrills games as well. Those are kind of like sensory overload. I don't know if you ever played the giant Pac-Man or Space Invaders. I have. Yeah, I've played the giant Pac-Man. It's yeah, it's sensory overload for sure. It feels like you're in the, you're in like the Nintendo commercial that Paul Rudd was in. You're right. That's yeah. exactly the feeling because the pixels are huge. The pixels are yeah. like they're like almost like little light bulbs or something. And it's probably about I don't know ten feet tall or so. it's 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 pretty huge and overwhelming. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun. The Space Invaders one was cool too because it's just a, uh, it's just a gun that you aim like if you have a physical like almost like a like a, a cannon or something and you have to tilt it to aim. And then, yeah, it was it was really fun, especially to play with my nephew. We got kicked out of that. And the rest of them, I don't know, just not not really great. So that's the story on Dave and Buster's. Don't go. It's not worth it. <laughs> Went to Dave and Buster's. Don't go. It's like, is it yeah. still open? Yes, but don't go. Yeah, it's sad. On the flip side, I mean, I never really thought it was cool when it was like in its prime or whatever. It didn't really have a whole lot of like, you know, it didn't have like the arcade games that we grew up with, really. You know, it was like all this other like, I don't know, ticket shit, you know, where you get, I don't know, more too. Yeah. Like, like you said, kind of giant mobile games, a lot of it. Yeah. Not really. You're not, you're not going to see like Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter or, any, or like House of the Dead or anything like that there. I went maybe, to Dave and Buster's when, it, when it first came out, like on a, a nationwide rollout. And it was like the big thing to do around here, and and it was awesome at the time. They had, I remember, they had the like the Star Wars arcade, and they had. I mean, there weren't such a thing as mobile games. There was no, there was no, no like mobile game type things. There, it was all just like actual arcade machines. And then they had a couple of actually sort of adventurous uh, uh, type things that were like peeking into the future, like some rudimentary VR and exciting things that you couldn't do at home. So at the time it was awesome, like late nineties. 
but it just kind of never really uh, evolved from there. And what thankfully took um, took up the mantle of best arcade in the universe uh, is the other place that I went to. I went to Galloping Ghost last week, about a week and a half ago, two weeks now. After the movie was over, I actually ended up going back to Chicago just for for two days uh, to visit uh, visit some friends. And uh, uh, yeah, it was fun. Me and Eric and Otis met up at Galloping Ghost, spent the day there for a good afternoon, played a bunch of different games. We beat uh, the Simpsons Arcade. We beat the X-Men Arcade. And it was just cool to like show those guys Galloping Ghost for the first time. They were both pretty, pretty taken aback by it. So I tried to explain to them, like, that's, that's a, the world's biggest arcade. They both agreed, like, you can't just, you can't explain that place. We've talked about it so much on this show, but you really can't explain that place. And you have to just go see it for yourself if you haven't seen it already. So we had a lot of fun there. And so I bought a bunch of stuff because there were a bunch of sales and I took advantage. So a uh, uh, sort of out of the box, unexpected game that I got was Baldur's Gate 3. That is crazy. Yeah, that was our, uh, that was part of our like secretive Patreon version from last week. That. I kept it. Uh, that's what you get at the $5 level. You get that like mid show, 15, 20 minute banter or whatever. And that was, we talked about. Baldur's Gate 3. Yet I still don't believe you that you have it. Have you played it since you said you bought it last time? No, I've not played it anymore. <laughs> no. So uh, I was right on that. But, <laughs> but I'm, I'm having trouble with it, I think, because I, I don't know. If, I wonder if, if I'm, I'm just pushing the limits on what my computer can do. It says it, it requires the M1 chip, which I have the You don't the have the, you don't have the M1? Okay. Oh. No, I had the generation before, so it, it was kind of bugging out a little bit, and, and it crashed at one point. I mean, the, the game's kind of buggy regardless of, from what I heard. So, you know, I'm sure it's better on, depending on which system you're playing on. But I heard on PC, there was a lot of trouble with it. I've, yeah. run, I've run into some bugs myself. I heard the multiplayer was real bad. Like, what was it? Uh, Rev Valentine on NVC was saying that she was losing, like, hours and hours of gameplay because it was crashing on multiplayer. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, she said it was unworthy of game of the year because of how badly it performed when she played it. <laughs> so, but, uh, well, yeah. The- the other complication, I was streaming it to my TV, and my sister brought up the point, why don't, you, why don't you not stream it and just play it on the computer? So I, I have yet to give that a try without streaming. So maybe, maybe that, that might work better. Up. Yeah. I've had the same thing when I've tried to stream games for my, like, I could run Steam just fine. Most games off Steam on my laptop, but when I try to put it in through the HDMI cord, it gets fucked up. The frame yeah. rate suffers, and it, like as weird like aliasing issues well you, and you're probably you're probably doing it wirelessly too which would make it even more complicated yeah. like i would never do it like that because you're going to get extra lag on top of whatever lag you already have you know i would never uh i don't know mirror mirror it or airdrop it or whatever like that sort of thing but i don't really play any games on my computer but I yeah still, i don't I play games on my computer either i have the feeling that this is gonna end up, end up with me getting like an actual gaming keyboard and mouse and all that stuff all i got is my laptop and and playing on a cramped you know, small laptop uh, keyboard it's not it's not so fun no. and you can play on the on the on the controller but i know that a game like that you really want a keyboard and mouse and all that stuff so i might end up doing that just for this game but i we'll mean see. it works fine on the playstation 5 with the controller but it might be a little Does easier it, with the keyboard i don't know depends on how much you're typing right if you're trying to there's no typing, but i mean i guess if you're doing co-op maybe or no i guess you would may, be maybe doing the way voice, it deals with know. the well, it has like rotary menus, and maybe mm-hmm. those are maybe they're easier to navigate with a keyboard and a mouse than a controller. I don't know. Well, it, I mean, it seems like even the PC version has has a lot of controller support. So I don't know. Maybe I'll I'll give it a try. We'll see. 
Yeah, actually, I promised my sister I would play it today, so I've got to play it before the day's over. Huh. She really wants. She really wants me to to dive in. She keeps asking me, "Have you played Baldur's Gate three? Have you played it? Have you played it?" So I've got to. I've got to play it so I can give her an update. There's a lot of people, yeah, that that got into that game that have game for years. I've heard. Oh yeah. Well, she's getting a whole new computer just so she can play it. Wow. They've got one gaming computer at their house, and it's 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 uh, her husband Justin's main computer. Yeah. And so when he's working, she can't play on it, or if he's playing a game. So they they actually got a actually well, she got her computer already. So she got a new gaming computer just for Baldur's Gate. That's how much she likes it. Wow. So now uh, I also got some other Switch games, and yeah, you know, I talked about Bramble the Mountain King this is my number two game of the year. So uh, after after Tears of the Kingdom, of course, I've been playing that more. So actually, I just showed it to my friend Rich. Rich was over today, and it's kind of fun because uh, the game. After you beat the game, it'll show a bunch of chapters open up. So if you wanted to show like one selection of the game, you don't have to play all the way through it. You know, so I could just go right to the chapter I wanted to show. Hey, check this out. This is cool. Uh, I got Ghost Runner, which I talked about before. Uh, there was a demo put out for Ghost Runner, and I like that game enough to actually go buy it. I know Trey, Trey, you got that game, but is it sealed? Uh, virtually, yeah. <laughs> virtually sealed, yeah. Virtually sealed. No, I played the demo. I played all the way through the demo. And I and then I liked the demo so much as well that I bought the game when it was on sale. But I was too afraid. Uh, I wasn't sure as whether the gate whether the demo carries into the game or not. And the game's kind of hard, so I was I was afraid of. I didn't want to go through the demo stuff again on the regular game. So that's why I never opened it virtually. So there's my story for that, because it's really difficult, as you know, because it's like it's like doing like parkour in, in first person and you get shot and you know, you have no shields or whatever. You get shot once you die, you know, you're going to die again and again, but it is like, it's quick to pick up, pick you up and put it right back where you were. No, I mean, it feels great. It feels great when you get it, but there was a lot of like trial and error. And I just was, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't read into it to see whether you continue from where you were in the demo. Uh, hopefully you can, because it's, I did some pretty hard stuff that I didn't want to do again, but it's, it, to me, it reminds me of basically a, a first person version of uh, Katana zero. Like that that game, which which works the exact same way, where you where you only have one hit point. If you get hit once, you get killed, and everybody else the same way. You can kill them with one hit with your sword, and that's how this game works as well. Except it's in first person, so it's a little bit harder to jump around and get from one place to another. But it looks cool and it runs well after multiple patches on on Switch. So there you go. I got Once Upon a Gesture. Do you guys remember this game? This was on a, a direct some time ago. Nope. Where you're it, you have to put on plays. It's actually. Oh fun. yeah, yeah. No, I do remember it now. I don't think yeah, I ever cool. wanted to play it, but it it, sound, it it reminded me too much of like, I don't know, comedy improv, and that, I guess that was I was just uh, I was too scared. It was like a, too much trauma for me. I don't need that. <laughs> I don't need that in my life. Last thing I need is any game to remind me of a horrible thing that I don't want to experience. Improv. So it's like a game that it's hard to classify. I mean, it's a little bit of an adventure game. It's a little bit. I don't know. Of, uh, I don't, I don't know. It's just. It's hard to classify, but you, you, yeah, you try to put on plays and you're, you're this band of thieves that your true intention is to get into this, the King's, no, it's not the King, it's the, it's the Queen's festival. She's putting on an, a play festival and you're trying to get into the f- festival so that you can steal the most valuable diamond in the world, which is in the King's castle, the Queen's castle. And yeah, it's just lighthearted and fun. It's a goofy kind of game that I like and I'm not too far into it, but I think it's, so it's pretty original. So I'm gonna I'm I'm enticed to see what's some more to see some more. I got so those those are all games I got like a couple of weeks even before the Christmas sale. But during the Christmas sale, I ended up getting some like how many did I get? Twenty four games. Oh my god! Yeah, 
I got 24 games during the sale. So, and I did my thing where I just said, I want to spend like hundred bucks, no more. And I want to see what can I get the most, uh, I want to get the most games for my book, you know? So most bang for your dollar or bang for your buck. Most bang. That's, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. And I was also taking into account the Metacritic score and I updated my chart. I, I talked about a couple of weeks ago. So I think I've created the system that'll help me to best optimize my, my purchases in the future. And it worked out pretty well this time. So I got see, she's, uh, She Sees Red, the name of the game. She Sees Red. It's a uh, FMV game. For what I've heard, it's like not that great, but it was only three bucks. And I like FMV games. So I'll take a chance on it for three bucks. I remember that one. I uh, That was one I thought about getting a couple of times. But yeah, I heard it had kind of had kind of mediocre reviews. So yeah, I was just like, well, you know, it's it like, well, if I will actually play it if I get it. So I never actually got around to getting it. But for that, it's like renting a movie. So if you rent a movie you know i mean this game's pretty it's much cheaper movie, actually really. three bucks yeah <laughs> cheaper actually i mean some of those rental fees are high and, and i mean prime if you're lucky you can get it for like four or six or five or six but when it comes out it's 20 we got stay Sometimes cool 30. kobayashi-san a river city ransom story that's a beat em up in the river city ransom world and it's not it's not great like it's too it's a little too simple it's a little too sparse the screens are like kind of empty especially when you got river city girls well, it's like an NES enough. game, right? Or it's supposed to be like an NES game? Like it's supposed no, to be like original? It, it, lo- it looks more like it's going for a 16-bit mm-hmm. or like like a modern 16-bit look. I don't know. It's not it's not great, but it, it was the only River City Ransom game, I think, that I didn't have that's available on the Switch. So I had to get it sometime. So for buck ninety nine to complete the collection, not bad. The Bunker, which is another FMV game that was four fifty four. This one looks more like a like a slasher like a the cover is, is a guy with an axe standing in the shadows and i've not tried it yet but it's cheap fmv game yep put it on my list super meat boy forever buck 99 this is not the not one of the earlier meat boy games this is like the latest meat boy game it says meat girl in it right it does it has bandage girl and meat baby name. and there's like a baby too right yeah there's a baby as well and i forgot about I didn't forget about the games. I kind of I forgot how they played. I forgot they were like automatic running. Like, they aren't all like that. Like the I played the original Super Meat Boy, and it was not an automatic runner. It was just a really hard platformer. It just moved really fast. Yeah, yeah. And you just I guess you move because you kind of slide with the with the blood or whatever that's coming mm. off your meat. But I played that game on Wii U. It was part of that humble bundle or something that we got. Yeah. But it wasn't an auto runner. But I don't. I, well, I don't know. Like, I don't know this version. It's not like, not like Bit Trip Runner or something like that. But you you run to the right automatically. But then you'll you. It's kind of like Mario Run actually. In that you way, bounce you, off you, the wall and then go the other. Bounce way. off the wall, then you can go the other way. Oh, yeah, okay. exactly. Well, that must yeah, be the, like that. yeah. That must be this version then, because yeah, the original one was was just like a really difficult uh, Super Mario Brothers was the idea. You know, mm. I got Fire Girl Hack and Slash Hack and Splash Rescue DX. This one's. So this is pretty cool, actually. It's it it's very pretty looking. Like it's it's a it's got a nice you know two D HD look to it. Um, it's like a beat 'em up, except for your what you're beating up is is fire, and you're a, you're a firefighter, so you're running through the halls and aiming your fire hose to to put out fires, and you got to use your axe to break down doors, and you try and get in and out of the building as fast as you can. That one for three dollars fifty nine cents. I think this was a good deal. My nephew was enjoying it the other day. It's the kind of game you can just get in and mash some buttons and, and have some fun. Uh, Burly Men at Sea, which is, I think it's an adaptation of an iPhone game. It's two bucks. It's one of those, I think it's an Annapurna game as well. It's like that style of like artsy fartsy kind of game. 
and I think there's some simple puzzles in there. I haven't gotten too deep into it. I got Gato Roboto, two bucks for that one. I'm enjoying that one. I That's a like, great game. You'll say play yeah. it. Yeah, try to finish that one. It's not very long. Like Jeremy and I both I, played through that. I think I played through it like in one sitting on a stream, like when it when it first came out. So I thought it, it took was me a few days, but I beat it. It was you know it's a Metroidvania, but not too you know not too much. But, I, but yeah, you, you can beat it in a couple hours. Yeah, the boss is challenging. I'm I'm stuck on the first boss, the mouse. I gotta I gotta get through that. But I like the I like the artwork. I like the Game Boy esque graphics. Uh, something about the sound too. I, the sort of muted effect of the sound is just interesting. It's like when no, they nailed they nailed that aesthetic. And then uh, I don't know if you've unlocked any like you find like different color schemes. So it's like super. Oh Game no, Boy I didn't get that. Kind of yeah. That's cool. So eventually, there you can play like pea green if you want, or like oh yeah 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 like you can change black and, yeah you can change like yeah. the whatever the whatever the color is later later in the game or maybe after you beat it I don't remember and there was there was a game that came out that was uh, from the same developer right that came out last year oh yeah Gunbrella I think was Gato Roboto Gunbrella yeah and that game was really good actually that was one I really wanted to buy but I just didn't get around to it because I played the demo and the demo was excellent like it was done really really well I just didn't it's still kind of on my list in my head but if you ever see that one on sale. I totally recommend that one. I love the humor of this game. Just the fact that it starts out like, oh, another Metroid game. Here comes this space hero about to save the day. And then, oh, no, the cat jumps on the keyboard and <laughs> messes everything up. <laughs> now the cat has to save the day. It's, it's just got a good sense of humor. Uh, Boomerang X. This one, I, I heard a lot of good reviews. It actually got an 80 on Metacritic. And it's a first-person shooter, except for it's you use Boomerang. So it's first a first-person boomer. So, so, yeah, uh, it's, I, it's it's a real yeah. boomer shooter. I've heard I've heard a lot of people talk about this. I actually thought about getting this one, but I was like, I was like, you got enough first person shooters, you don't need another one. So I didn't, so I didn't get it. So I was still playing Turok Three, which is much different than this, I'm sure. But I mean, also, I have a ton of first person shooters. I don't need anymore. Whenever you get get through your list, you know, get to Boomerang X, it's worth it for eight bucks. That's a fun one. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's on sale anymore, but it was for a time. But no, I'll get it. I'm sure I'll get it eventually. Whenever I'm at a point of uh, whatever, when uh, when I'm vulnerable and I'll need another first-person shooter, I'll get it. I was I was always curious about riff tracks. The game, like, what exactly? How could you make a game out of riff tracks? And if it, for anybody who doesn't know, riff tracks is essentially it's the same th- it's the same guys who who did the original Mystery Science Theater. They do riff tracks now. So without the robots and all that stuff, you can listen to a track along with your favorite movie and listen to them uh, make jokes along with the movie. But they made Rift Tracks the game, and it's essentially it's it's like another Jackbox game. If you're looking for a Jackbox game, uh, it works the exact same way. You, you tune in with your phone, you type the code in to get the room code or whatever, and you can play with your phone where a, a clip from a movie will pop up on the screen, and you essentially have to come up with the cleverest, funniest, Quip to go along with the movie, and if you want to feel, if you want to be lazy, they do have like pre-written stuff that you can choose. You can try and pick the funniest one, impress your friends, and all that stuff. The weirdest thing though is you can play this online with anybody at any time. And I tried that; it was just so weird. It was like I was tuning into somebody else's living room as they were having a party, mm-hmm. and I was just like listening in on their party. And I, mean, I didn't they, say anything. I mean, that could be kind of fun if you're, I don't know. If you're drunk and alone and need some company, you just jump and jump on this game and, and yeah. join somebody else's party somewhere else. But add this to the list of random games that you can voice chat on straight through the game. Oh wow! Yeah, there's like what three? It's yeah. like that and Friday the Thirteenth and Fortnite and supposedly AW, but we never tried it. But supposedly you can do it on there too. 
Yeah, well, the other group was having a good time. I was just, I felt <laughs> weird. Like I was inside their living room, but they sounded like they were having fun. That's kind of what happened to me when I did that with Friday the 13th, where I played it with the headphones on. And, I, and I'm pretty sure that I dialed into to some like teenager's sleepover or something. And it was really weird. <laughs> and it was like these young girls talking about Friday the 13th. And I'm like, I'm like, this feels weird. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like I should be a part of this group or whatever. <laughs> Cause they're like talking, they're like giggling and talking about whatever. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> Like, what are they talking get, about boys it's like let's go get jason or something <laughs> the, the one in the game it was just really weird it was just it was a weird experience yeah. it was almost as weird as that time that jeremy and i played online with that really young kid in uh, Fortnite. you remember that <laughs> that was a yeah. weird experience too on the twitch stream that was back when people wanted to play Fortnite with you now nobody cares I, we tried streaming Fortnite. nobody cares about Fortnite anymore at least on switch they don't I got this game called The First Tree, which I can't say too much about because I really haven't played it much, but you're a fox and wandering around a forest, I guess. Two bucks, and it got an 81 on Metacritic, so I'll give it a shot and let you know what I think later. Uh, Borderlands Legendary Collection. Now, this was kind of confusing because wow. there's two different things you can get. There's the, the Legendary Collection, which is the one that I got, and then there's another one, which it, I guess it only includes it includes two of the three games but it costs more money for some reason and i almost bought that one hmm. it's like why, why is that even on there anymore right it includes fewer games for more money um i don't know a lot of people i'm sure got confused into buying that one but i'm i'm glad i looked at the difference so yeah hey, i thought morning. i thought the three different ones i thought there was like i thought there was the borderlands collection that had like borderlands one and two on it but there's also like a telltale game right there's like a telltale borderlands it's there's called like the pre the it's called like the yeah, pre sequel different. or whatever that's not like the other ones but there's also borderlands 3 that's on there now too no so the pre-sequel the pre-sequel is in this collection oh, what okay. you're thinking was, of was tales, tales from, from the borderlands, borderlands. Yeah. that's that's the telltale one okay that's a whole other thing so what i got in this collection was uh borderlands 1 2 and then borderlands the pre-sequel Plus all the DLC, and that was ten bucks down from fifty. So that's probably the biggest markdown. Of the, have you the have you bunch. played those games yet? Like those games are pretty much. I mean, I played through the first one solo, but they're kind of they're kind of meant to be like multiplayer games, like that sort of thing. Like they're they're like you know you go around and you you collect loot, like you get different weapons. Mm-hmm. There's like a ton of different uh, guns in it that have different um that have different like uh, stats and and that sort of thing and and you kind of go from like mission to mission and it's yeah it's it's kind of almost like i don't know sort of like a monster hunter minus the monsters but you're just collecting guns from from like various uh treasure chests and stuff like that i haven't really played it i played the first one for 30 minutes or so just to check yeah. it out but i can't say i got a real feel for it or anything yeah, I played the first one all the way through and I and I think Borderlands 2 was on PlayStation Plus and I played it a little bit, but like I said, they're meant to be multiplayer and also like the jokes, like they some people might find them very annoying, which I did <laughs> with the <laughs> with the robots and stuff. They're they're kind of very like, you know, dick and fart jokes and they can be kind of irritating depending on how you how you feel about the about the game and all that. So, I don't know. Yeah, I'll get into it at some point and let you know how I feel. I got Traffics. That's T R A F F ix and this one is a lot like another game that i got a long time ago called uh, uh oh, i'm blanking on the name of that one urban flow it's urban flow yeah yeah basically it's the exact same game just done in a different style and i think i like this one even better to be honest as much as i liked urban flow i think this one has some improvements and it was on sale for two bucks so normally it's five bucks that i think the normal price is even cheaper than urban flow 
This one just has a simpler design, a simpler look to it, which I think is a big improvement for a game like this, which is all about trying to pay attention to what's going on on, on the screen. And, you know, there's in like an urban flow. I mean, there's a lot of little cars moving around and the whole thing is you have to watch the traffic lights to make sure nobody crashes and, and you're, got, you're directing traffic at the, uh, the right time and all this stuff. So a game like that, to me, like if you slim down things to the basics, you know, that, that can make the, they can actually improve the gameplay. And so this is like much more modernistic looking, simple graphics, like something you might imagine on like designed by Apple or something like that. And there's another improvement, which is that you can actually tap once to let one car go and then it'll go back to a red light again automatically, or you can double tap to keep it on a green light. And I think that simple improvement just makes it a lot better. So I can, I can dive in on this game. Certainly um, like I did with urban flow, uh, it's just a nice meditation style game. And then uh, I got Spelunky and Spelunky 2. I heard really good things about these games. And I'd never tried them before. Spelunky is an older game from like a dozen years ago or so. And then Spelunky 2 just came out, I think, last year or the year before. More recent game. Jeremy, you're nodding. You've played Spelunky before. I've heard a lot about them. Um, I've heard they're really hard. I played the demo. Wasn't there a demo in the Japanese eShop, like at the very, very beginning so, yeah. of uh, the Switch, like in 2017? I remember playing it. Yeah. There. Yeah. So they're randomly generated, maybe a dungeon crawler, I don't know, cave crawler, You're going around platforming and trying to solve uh, simple puzzles and collect items and stuff. And I haven't gotten too much into it, but I just know that there's a lot of people who really enjoy these games. So maybe I got to dig in a little harder and, and try again. But the one that I've been playing the most, I would say, so far, I've done uh, over 10 hours. Maybe maybe I might even be around 15 hours on Bob is You. And I love this game. Bob is You. Yeah, I know, I, it's such Bob a weird you. game. Yeah, Jeremy, you, you got into it for a minute there. Yeah, we played it. Shoot, it came out like 2018 or 2019, right? It's kind of an older game. Yeah, that sounds about right. But is it kind of a little bit like Scribblenauts, but more like computer programming where you're like sort of trying to solve the problem by kind of creating a sentence of what Baba does and how... I can't completely remember how it works yeah it's you're on the right track so it's very it's a very simple presentation there's usually just a handful of things on the screen and among the things on the screen are some words and you can rearrange the words to have a different effect on on the elements on the screen and what those elements do and how the elements interact with each other so very simply you'll be a there'll be a little lamb on the screen there'll be maybe a flag and it'll say Baba is you. Baba is the lamb. Baba is you. And then it'll say flag is win. And as Baba, you can walk over to the flag and touch the flag and then you win. But then there might be other obstacles like maybe the flag is surrounded by rocks. And it says rock is, uh, I forget what the, what the term they use is, but like rock is solid. And then you can't walk through the rock. Well, the solution would be to move the word solid out of the way. So rock is no longer solid. And now you can just walk up to the flag and touch the flag. That's the very basic description of what the game is, what the challenge is. But it's just, it just gets exponentially bigger and bigger. Like I just discovered today, there's one where it says, there's hearts on the screen. It says, love is teleport. And so you can, if you see two hearts on the screen, it says, and it says, love is teleport. Now you can teleport from heart to heart. And to get around the different obstacles and stuff. It's just, it's a game that is constantly surprising me with its genius. It's like simple genius. It's really, 
I've, I've only had it for two weeks or whatever, but uh, I, can't, I can't say I've never ever played another puzzle game quite like it. And it might be among my favorite puzzle games ever. I'm, I'm probably about 50 puzzles deep in right now. And it was really like, it got challenging really fast. I would say that yeah. around, around puzzle number 10, it was like, whoa, how do I, I don't think I can even do this. And there may be some, there might be like as, as few as like five or six elements on the screen to interact with. And you're just like, I absolutely do not see how there could be an answer for this problem. And I spent upwards of probably an hour on an individual puzzle. Sometimes just there's only like five or six things on the screen. I've tried every comment. What can I do? But then ultimately I find it and it's like, oh yeah, the problem was me all along. Like it's never the game's fault. It's, it's always just, I didn't think of something. It's a game that really teaches you how to think outside the box. And that's what I love about it. So I, I intend to play this one all the way through to the end. It, Plus it, there's a level editor. I mean, it is pretty much like a computer programming though. Like the way you describe mm-hmm. it, like it, from what I, you know, I took computer programming like in high school, mm-hmm. you know, but from what I remember, it's very much like that same sort of thing. Like Baba is you yep. and what is this? And that's kind of how I, you know, I did like a text-based RPG or whatever. And that's basically, it's like up is this or down is, you know, where you like, what is the prompt and what would the prompt do and all that? It's, it's very much like that. Yeah. It's yeah. very, uh, simple uh, simple in concept but in, in execution it can be can be tough as you add all the different things together and then they have the different things have cascading effects on one another it is like computer programming that way you know yeah i recommend that game to anyone who considers themselves even like the vaguest of puzzle game fans this is just a great game i got axiom verge one and two and i haven't played too much of those but i i gather they are very much inspired by Metroid. They are, yeah. I've played I played both of them. I beat two. I didn't never beat one. But I liked both of them a lot. Really good soundtracks too. And I got uh Firewatch. Firewatch is a pretty cool game so far. It's not what I expected. I really I knew that this was like a critically acclaimed game and I kind of purposefully didn't look into it because I just wanted to be surprised by it, knowing that it was a quality game. And it's totally different from what I expected. Did you guys play Firewatch? Yeah, I've played all the way through that. You did? Yeah, and it's like um it's totally a walking simulator, but hey, did you get it? Have you played all the way through it yet? No, I've not gotten very far. Pretty oh, much okay. I just got the job and I think I just went out and stopped some teenagers from shooting fireworks. Yeah, it's pretty much uh you're by yourself, you know, doing your job and you're having a lot of introspective moments and that's kind of mm-hmm. what the game is more than anything. Yeah, it's like not so much about doing the job I gather, but it's more about why this guy took the job mm-hmm. and, and yeah, how he's uh, dealing with his, his grief. So it's a, it's a serious kind of game. And I like that once in a while. And Jeremy, I got inscription. Finally. <laughs> Finally. Yes. Now I've not gotten too deep into it, so I don't, I don't have much to say about it, but just know that I have it and I'm going to get through it. It's got a lot of really weird humor in it. I think you'll like it. Yeah. I like the presentation so far. Like having this creepy dude, you know, mm-hmm. Talk to me, and I'm not quite sure what this game is that I'm playing, but it's intriguing. I think it's kind of like that the whole way through, right? It keeps you guessing, like from the beginning. It does, end. and uh, th- the rules of the game will like change and alter as you go through it. So the basics are really all you need to know, but then the rules change later. Yeah, so I'll, I'll have more to say on that one later. And uh, so yeah, in total, I got 24 games. Uh, total cost. Yeah, this is over the course of six weeks, so it's 144 bucks. Uh, I ended up saving two hundred and seventy-eight dollars off of the 
the list price of these games. So yeah. average cost was five dollars fifty two cents per game. Now your 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 mission is to beat one of them by next week. <laughs> Just it, one of them. I mean, it's like you could beat she sees red probably in an hour. <laughs> you know, uh, those most of those are like watching a movie. You know, I bet Firewatch would only take you a few hours. That's what I'm uh, saying. Like Gato Roboto and Firewatch are probably about three mm-hmm. or four hours each. You know, like they're very, there's a lot of very short games in there. You could easily get through one if you put your put your mind to it. I'm just saying, you could do it. I believe in you. I could do it. Yes, that's it for me. Well, let me do uh, my stuff just because I don't really have that much. So, actually, I'm going to read a comment that we got from last week. Actually, I have a couple comments from last week from our uh, from our um, what do we call it um, from, from our game of the year episode. Uh, we got we got a comment from Joel from Joel who says, uh, "How on earth did I forget about Rhythm Sprout? Good job, good job catching my oversight, Trey. I'm, I always like it when somebody remembers Rhythm Sprout, which I beat last week, by the way. After we were done recording." The uh, after we were done recording our game of the year episode, which took like three and a half hours, I for some reason my sling did not record wrestling, which was very annoying because I always watch wrestling after we get done recording. So I didn't know what to do. So I played Rhythm Sprout <laughs> until I beat it because I, I was pretty close actually, and I made it all the way to the credits on there. So that was my first beat. No, that was my second beat of 2024 because my first beat was actually technically Super Mario RPG, and that was the first game that I played at the midnight hour or whatever of uh, 2024 was Super Mario RPG. Because I was trying to keep my mind off of all the explosions that were happening in my neighborhood. Like, it was the whole neighborhood pretty much blew up, like, that night. Like, from all every, all rich way. And all the cats were freaking out, too. So I just had them, like, just sit by me and we'll yeah. play Mario RPG. It's a nice it's a nice game. It's a nice game that's calming. Like, don't think about all these explosions in the street. I mean, there were people shooting fireworks, like, right in front of our house. Well, like, to the side, but mm-hmm. still. But I could see fireworks also, like, big professional ones, like, right over the alley. So it was, yeah, everything blew up. But, uh, yeah, that. Um, also, we got a comment and and a challenge that I promised I would read to you, which I think we should do this. Well, so you know, friend of the show, listener Joe, has been on been on the show before. He says, "I knew Fight Forever was your number one, but I had no idea it was Nintendo Main's game of the year." LOL, epic, great show, bro. We should do a bonus wrestling chat after one of your podcasts, where all of you and me play Nintendo Main's game of the year together. So that's his challenge, is that... We after- all play Tears of the Kingdom together. <laughs> no, Fight Forever. AEW yeah. Fight Forever. Okay. That's his challenge, is that one time after we get done recording, we play with him online and we stream it. So that's my challenge to you. That'd be fun. Then we can all then we can all play it. I'm in. So we'll have to plan it. I don't know if we can do it tonight, but maybe sometime in the future we should plan it and do it. And we'll just... And we'll. Whenever we get done recording, we'll jump on and play for like an hour or something like that. All four of us. That'll be fun. So I know he's been wanting both of you to, to get on and play for a long time. So that could be a, we could do that. Challenge accepted. Yeah. So, so there you go. Um, also, in, in the AEW front, uh, Tony Storm was added today uh, as on season two DLC. So I played around with that for a while. It's not the new timeless Tony Storm, unfortunately. It's old Tony Storm, but you can, uh, with some assistance from Shake, I figured out how to. Uh, there's like a black and white effect you can do where you can make it black and white. But there's like a black and white effect, and there's a film effect. But you can't do black and white and film effects, so you can't do the effect that they do on the on AEW for it. But you can kind of try to make the timeless Tony Storm. And then her new her new idea is that she's like this old, you know, she she's like this old kind of uh, actor that's just that's sort of out of it and in her own head all the time. 
which I think is hilarious and it's great, great character. And her whole story with that's been going great. Anyway, she's on there now. She's got some fun moves. I figured out her special move where you can uh, do the butt stomp in the, uh, in the corner and all that. And I've mostly just been, uh, I've, I've been, you know, trying to put together my, my video, my, my top 10 video of, of the game of my game of the year stuff. So I've been playing through a lot of, a lot of the stuff to capture it that I didn't capture yet. So I played like, and I played AW today also because I knew Tony Storm was coming and I wanted to try it. But I, I played like a couple matches and did some online, uh, did some stadium stampede and actually, you know, played a real person on there and not just bots. He ended up beat me, beating me at the last part, but I did run over him with the with the golf cart, which is pretty great. So that that was a fun moment on there. Oh yeah, and while we were streaming, uh, Shake had discovered something on another Discord or something like that. But there was like a new thing that we, that nobody knew about on uh, on the game where. If you get, if you're like, if you're doing like tag team mode and you're fighting each other so long to like where, to where the rest, one of the wrestlers gets hurt, gets like injured, you can do like this jump tag move, you know, where you jump from the middle of the ring over to the side and you tag your tag, your tag team member in. And when they come in, they'll have full special meter, like outside of the ring, which is, which I didn't know about. So I guess that was something that was like just discovered online and we did it. We got it to work like on the stream and all that. So. If you want to check that out, youtube.com slash podcast, you can find it on there. So that was cool. We got, we got, uh, you know, he's like, hey, there's this thing on there. So yeah, we, we got it, we got it to go. You know, you just basically have to beat the crap out of somebody, like a lot, until like the game, like kind of like flashes red when you like injure them and then they won't be able to walk like as well on this, on the ring. And then you can jump over and tag. And we did it with the acclaimed. So it's cool. They're, they're new. You know, they're on there now. Um, so I've been doing that. Uh, while I was editing the podcast, I played more of Mortal Kombat 1. Um, it's really, I don't know, it really impresses me how much they fixed that game. Like, there's, like, almost no loading time in it whatsoever now. Like, if you're playing the uh, if you're playing the arcade mode, it's insane. And if you play against Johnny Storm, or not Johnny Storm, uh, Johnny Cage, he looks so much different than the buggy-eyed Johnny Cage that you saw from the, from the beginning when the game was first launched. Like, it looks like day and night difference. I, I wanted to, like, like, you can't capture it. But I wanted to just like take pictures of it and just post it like that next to the other one because he looks like completely different. Like it looks like a whole like I don't know. And I, I mean I know it's not going to look as good as the PlayStation Five one, but it looks like comparable now. I don't know. That guy is so obsessed with his appearance. Yeah, <laughs> but they do the whole move. You know, they showed where he like puts the glasses on and his eyes were all buggy. He looks like a normal person now. He doesn't look like this. He doesn't look like that weird uh, creature from Beetlejuice. Oh yeah, those bifocals. Like yeah. But uh, yeah, I played that. Um, I guess I did. I had a, I'd put a list together similar to what to what John did, uh, because I ended up getting um, for like Christmas. I ended up getting like ninety dollars worth of uh, eShop credit or eShop money. Uh, thanks, nice. thanks to John and thanks to Jess's uh, brothers as well. I ended up with like I got two thirty fives and a twenty, so that's ninety. So I ended up with ninety bucks. So I ended up getting some stuff over Christmas. Uh, we, we bought. Um, I think I mentioned a little bit last week, but I bought Jackbox five and nine because all those were on sale. Uh, we bought Jackbox five. We what? We bought Jackbox nine because that has Fibbage four on it. You know, because we play Fibbage three yeah. so much, and we bought Jackbox five because Jackbox Jackbox has Jackbox five has the newest version of you don't know Jack on it because Jess and I play that because it's a two player game or you can play two players. You can play Fibbage two players also, but uh, yeah, because we wanted to play play that and five also has the wrapping robot on it so if uh if we ever get a chance to play that i know you always wanted to play that game i finally have it 
the I one do. with the wrapping robots. But you need more people to play the wrapping robots, obviously, because you need people to vote on like what your what the best wrap is and all that stuff. So I think you need to have at least like five people or something like that to play it. Or maybe three. I don't know. I don't know. You need a whole crew. Yeah, but you need, you know, it you need you need enough people to be able to vote to where it won't tie or whatever. So I don't I don't know. But yeah, I So six. Something like that, yeah. So yeah, I got I got those. They were like on sale. They were like thirteen bucks or something like that. So they were pretty cheap. I think one of the first things I got with my eShop credit was Turok Three, obviously, which I talked about last week as being one of the best remasters of last year. Uh, yeah, Turok Three is awesome. I actually I beat the game with uh, Danielle and I actually started playing through with um, with the other guy. Uh, it's not Josh. Josh is the main guy that gets killed. I think the other guy is Joseph, the kid. But yeah, there, there's two different uh, there's two different storylines that you can play through, and and they they vary somewhat. Like you go through kind of the same levels, but you go through them in different ways, and you get different and you get different weapons depending on who you play as and that sort of thing. But it's cool. Yeah, it's really impressive for a uh, for a Nintendo sixty four game. Like when we were we were doing a Patreon episode where we were talking about like how impressive like uh, Conquer was with all of the dialogue and all that. Like this game has like full yeah. has fully voiced too. Like it's completely voiced uh, dialogue and all that. And I and I know they did they did do a little bit of re recording for the remaster even. Like I thought it was like a little bit of a special effects and maybe a line in dialogue. But it's it looks great. Like it's uh, it's very impressive. And it plays so much different than Tony Hawk, than not Tony Hawk, than than Turok One and Two do. You know, it almost kind of feels like Turok that's somewhat influenced by like GoldenEye and stuff like that, where everything's kind of a little bit more mission based and like the levels are bigger and all that. But it's really good. Like it's a great game. Like I've been having a, a lot of fun with it. Like it's a really really good first person shooter. I bought the Bill and Ted Collection just because it was getting delisted. I have no I have no plan on playing it ever. I just got it just because I knew it was going to be taken away and it's already been taken away. It was taken away on the first day of 2024. So I just I went for it because, you know, might as well get it now and and, and, and you know, instead of waiting till you can't get it anymore. I'm sure I'll turn it on. Just have the, yeah. Just have the Bill and Ted logo on on your your switch that's worth it yeah i mean it's just just the fact that it was going away i was like well i gotta get it because it's disappearing and who knows what if it'll come back ever so might as well get it now and i someday i can just turn it on and remember how much i didn't like that nes game but i heard the game boy game's a little bit better so there you go yeah the game boy game is more like an arcade game and interestingly it's it's actually graphically inspired by the bill and ted cartoon not by the movie okay i had some of those toys some of the toys from the bill and ted cartoon they were cool looking um, let's see what else. Uh, oh, I got the longest five minutes. I forget. Uh, one we got a comment on our. We actually did get a comment, another comment on um, on the community page about. I don't remember how many. I don't know if I'll be able to find it. It was a few. Uh, it was a few episodes back. It, it was whenever I talked about in stars and time, like basically the game where you go through the ending of the game over and over and over again. Uh, we yeah. got a, we got a, we got a comment from Tim Hendrickson, and that was for episode three ninety eight. That says, in Stars and Time, as you described it, sounds a lot like the Vita game, The Longest Five Minutes, and might be worth looking into. And I said, oh, cool, because it's done by NIS, which is the same people who do, like, Ease and, and uh, those sort of games. And it was actually on sale for, like, $3 uh, this week, so I bought it. I haven't played it yet, but I bought it just because I was really interested in it. I think it was, it was $3.99, so I was like, oh, shit, well, I'll, I'll grab it, because... I, you know, we got a comment from our listener, from one of our listeners to check it out. And I always try to check out things that they tell me to, if I can. I know I still haven't played Chain Echoes, but one of these days. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, so I got that. Um, and, uh, you know, bad decision. Don't do it. Uh, I bought the, I bought the Spy Who Shot Me, which is like a 
supposed to be like a GoldenEye 64 knockoff game. It's awful. Don't bother with it. Buy, buy Turok 3. Like, seriously. You can tell it's really, really low-key, super, yeah, super-duper uh, low-budget. It, it sounds like it was, like, recorded in a bathroom. Like, I mean, it has voiceover in it, but it's really bad. Uh, and it doesn't play very well, and it's not fun. Uh, so... Don't Sorry buy, for don't, my part in inspiring you to buy this. <laughs> no, it's not your it's not your fault. I just you know it's my weakness. Uh, sometimes I get a little I get vulnerable to these first person shooter games, and I actually confused it with Agent sixty four, which is actually another one that is like oh, right. you know kind of made with the same, uh, um, which made with the same stuff that that they use for Goldeneye, and that one actually looked really good. I thought it was that one. I don't know. I figured I'd go for it, but most of these games like like I have a you know I have a soft spot for racing games and first person shooters. Most of the time when you buy it and you play about like 10 minutes of it, you can tell whether it's going to be good or not. And this one was kind of like, all right, I don't like this game. So I turned it off and went back to Turok. That's why I was playing Turok three. Cause I needed something to like rebuild my faith in humanity or whatever. I need to play something good. It's like when you watch a really shitty movie and you want to watch a better one afterwards, you know, to like make your feel, make yourself feel less depressed. I used to do that all the time when I would rent movies. I'd always rent a backup movie that I knew would be good. You know, when I was trying something out, so I could be like, "All right, well, you know, if I watch this one, however long, I'll watch another one." So that's what I did. I was like, "Fuck this game! I'm playing Turok Three. So that's when I started playing the the uh, Joseph story because <laughs> I was like, "Fuck that game!" Oh yeah, and also last week we talked about it on our show, but I did end up buying Trombone Champ, and I'm terrible at it. <laughs> it's very <laughs> awful at that game. Uh, it was on sale for eight bucks for like an hour uh, for however many minutes after we were done recording. And I bought it and I tried playing it and I was like, this game is loud and I'm terrible at it. So uh, I went, <laughs> so I played it a little bit and I'm like, I'm going back to Rhythm Sprout. So I still like Rhythm Sprout a lot better than Trombone Champ. I don't know. And it was the motion control wasn't really working very well for me. Like I was like, I had it like curled like under my butt or whatever because it wouldn't like move down far enough, you know, because I didn't realize yeah. that you could reset it and. Yeah, it was, it's a weird. Yeah, if you do, it's a weird. If game. you're doing the one, if you're doing the one with that has motion plus tilt, that that I think is, it makes it a little bit more difficult. But the best one is is just to use tilt and then ride that reset button whenever you need to. Yeah, I was just using tilt. I was just using the regular eight uh, bit though controller, but it was just like, yeah, I was like, I had it like way way down, like almost to the ground, trying to hit those really really low notes, and I'm like, all right, this game is silly. But yeah, I'm I'm sure I'll play it again at some point. But I still I still like. I still like Rhythm Strap better. Oh yeah, and when I was uh, when I was doing my top ten video, I started playing through. You know, I guess the good thing is I get to play through all these games that I said were my favorites. Well, I, I basically try to grab the parts that I need to show why they are great, that sort of thing. So I was like, well, I'm going to go fight one of the large monsters in Dragon Quest Monsters because I wanted to talk about how there's these big giant monsters walking around, you know, walking around the world. So I went up to the I went up to like the big like uh, one eyed troll guy. And I beat him. I beat a large monster for the first time, like while I was doing this, the recording. So cool. Nice. I, I didn't. He didn't become part of my party. Maybe I have to beat him again. I don't know how to. I don't know how you're supposed to catch the large ones. I think it's different because in the game you use this scout ability where you basically kind of like it uses like the attack power of your party to like impress them, and if it gets over a certain percentage, they'll join you or whatever. But you can't do that against the the large monsters. So I think you're supposed to like maybe knock them down. Uh, far enough and then give them some of the candy that like makes them want to join you or whatever but you can't get the big monsters so i'll have to go back and do that but it was cool that i hadn't played it in a while and i went back and i it i mean it wasn't easy like i beat it with like maybe two guys left out of my like eight monsters that i had with me but but it's he hit yeah he hits really hard so it was like i did i did get a lot of people did get killed but i still somehow 
ended up beating him. So so that was cool. I was like, yeah, all right. And I unlocked like three more worlds also on there on Dragon Quest Monsters. I can't wait to till I finish all of the crap of 2023 stuff that I'm still working on so I can go back to actually playing games for fun. So that'll be cool that I can go and play Dragon Quest Monsters and Octopath Traveler 2 and have a good time again whenever that happens in 2025. So yeah, that's what I that's what I got. But we can uh we can take a break and we'll come back and talk about Jeremy's stuff. We'll talk about the future. Think about the future. Future is now. Yeah, you. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon-feeding you the same old video game news on every single show. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! <laughs> With Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo may never made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo Main. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and... Hey, Mario, let go! He's throwing us back to the show! So long, gay Bowser! Patreon.com slash Nintendomate Podcast! Game over! And uh, I guess I'll talk about what I got this past few weeks. <laughs> Jeremy took, about... takes control. <laughs> Go for I, uh, it. Yeah. I uh, talked about some of this stuff last week in the top 10 games of the year, but uh, I figured I'd mention it again just in case uh, that I did beat Dragon Quest Heroes 2 over Builders. the break. Builders. 
Did I say heroes? Yeah. That was because you were talking about monsters. He- no, it was definitely not heroes. I was going to say, uh, did, did you beat heroes too? It's, it's it's not that long. I mean, heroes is like the, um, whatever, the moose, the, the moose the Muso, version. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I even wrote it down as heroes. So yeah, I double punked myself there. No, Dragon Quest Builders, of course. And I put over 60 hours into it and uh, had a really good time with it. And uh, probably rushed a little bit at the end. So there's still a lot of stuff I could do, and there's definitely like post game stuff. Um, I don't know if it's new quests per se, but there's just completionist type stuff if I want to finish it up. So I'll probably check it out at some point. Maybe I don't know. I'm definitely I definitely buildered myself out. <laughs> so I, I I need a break. You you're finally tired of building. You love building. You love building. Well, I just need a break. Like yeah. I, I just go through these ebbs and flows, you know. Sure. But I did buy a few things for uh, Switch. I bought a uh, Jackbox Three because we had people over for Festivus, and uh, but I didn't get a chance to play it yet. So I bought that one in particular because it has uh, TKO on it. I wanted to own that one. Oh yeah, yeah. And what is it? Ten. One. Yeah. Uh, I think Jackbox Ten has TKO Two as a sequel. On oh. There. They made a sequel to it. Also, the newest one. But it. It was just. Uh, we had a bunch of people over and they were talking about wanting to play Jackbox and then I started um, getting it all hooked up and then everyone got distracted. Mm. No one wanted to play anymore. Oh, well. Next time. But I have it for the future. Um, I also purchased Trombone Champ right after we got done recording last week just because it's so cheap. It was so cheap. And uh, so I own that. I haven't tried it yet, but as everyone knows, I have played it uh, before, just not on the Switch. Only on PC. And then I bought a WarioWare Move It. I think I also mentioned that last week because it was on my list. Spoilers. Uh, but that was with the the money John sent me. So it was on sale for, I think it was on sale for 30. No, it was on sale for 40, I think. WarioWare was? It was like 38 or something like that. Yeah. Oh, oh I didn't think it ever went on sale. Yeah, it was on sale. Um, it was part of the holiday sale. So oh, okay. um, I was able to use gold points and the money John sent me to get that. So thank you, John. Um, I really like it. I like being able to like kind of play it more at my own pace because it's fairly complicated, but yeah, I talk about it a lot last week. If you want to hear me talk about it, you can go back to game of the year episode, but I like it. Um, I look forward to our next attempt to play it competitively. Trey. Yeah. I actually know what I'm doing Two player. I'd like to try out the, the whatever party mode on there. And then, uh, so this next one I didn't buy on the switch. It just showed up on PlayStation plus. Or yeah, it showed up on PS Plus, but like for uh, I had to buy it or whatever. I had to buy it, but it was like five bucks or six bucks. It was really cheap. Great. So I finally, so I only got finally got Sifu. Yes, there you go. So here's there's a couple problems with Sifu. Okay, first off, I'll Uh say I like it. I like it. It looks really cool. I think John was spot on when he said like it feels like you're playing like a martial arts movie for real. Like Mm -hmm. it really does capture that feel where you start to just get really fluid with your surroundings and incorporate them into your strings of attacks. And like you're grabbing a bottle and then you like throw it at them and then you run up on them and you, you know, you knock them da- down or maybe you do a leg sweep and then you poke them in the eye and then you pick up a pipe and smack them in the head. You know, it's, it's great. Mm-hmm. And all the while yeah. somebody else is running up on you and you got to start thinking about what you're going to do to them. Um, so after a while, it's, it's to be a lot of fun. Like, so I was like, well, I'm going to play this on regular mode to start out that was that was a mistake i'm not good enough for that yeah um, 
I couldn't. I could get to the boss, and I could even get to the second phase of the f- the first boss, but I could never get past it. So uh, after that, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take it down easy because I just think it'll be fun to like see everything the game has to offer. And if it's if it stays this fun all the way through, I'm going to want to play it under harder mode. I'm going to want to see like, you know, I just it just these kind of games are more fun when you get better at them. So like, you want you want to push that difficulty up. So, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to play through it on easy mode. So I finally, you know, I bumped it down to easy. Very easily got through the first uh, level. I mean, it only makes you age like one year every time you fail in easy mode. So that makes what, it a lot easier. What level was I playing it on while you were here, John? Was that easy or regular? Uh, that was regular. Okay. Cause, cause yeah, which I, I forgot. I forgot that with this game, you really do have to actually start it on easy mode. Hmm. and. Uh, I remember saying that now because I, I I episode. thought I was I thought I was playing okay. I mean, yeah, sure, yeah. I lost some levels, and sometimes you sometimes you lose more than one, but sometimes you get them back too. Like you can do like there was yeah know, I don't know there's different things you can do. You don't get them back, but you like reduce or you or re- you, you or you reduce you keep your, how much you keep your you retries, but yeah, yeah, you do re- you reduce how much years you age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like and, that. Uh, it, it would like go back and forth, like as but it was I liked what I played of it. And I know, I, I, know the, I, I know, like the opening of it. So you know, yeah, with it, how it's the character change and but all anyway, that, which is cool. I'll say, uh, okay, go ahead, John. I, I thought that was one of the coolest things about it that you, it's not, it's a beat 'em up where you can't just jump in and and mash buttons and get far at all. Like you actually have to, you actually have to like learn the moves, and you have to. It, it, it's highly recommended actually you start on easy mode your first time out. Because you're not going to get in and just figure it all out. So, yeah, I, it's I a fairly complicated battle system, but it's also extremely satisfying. It's one that's like once you get it, prompts, you get it. Yeah. yeah, there's like button prompts on screen that help when you're trying to get, you know, acclimated to it. But so here, here's the bad thing. So I got through the first level real quick, mm-hmm. beat it. I got to the second level. I think that was actually kind of a challenge, but you know, I did make it to the, the very end, but. I got like knocked out right away by what I thought was the boss. So I played again, got to that, you know, cause it had started me with, you know, the less continues to as well. Cause I was going through all at once. So I went back to it and I got all the way through it back to that guy that I thought was the boss and beat him, beat the boss, beat that person really easily. Like knocked him down, was waiting for them to get back up. Didn't realize they were like staying down. I was like, I thought maybe I just stunned him. I'm like, wait, that was it to the boss. And it's like, oh no, wait, it, it took like a second, but then it, then it like, I realized, oh, I can go like the next area now. So I go to the next area and it goes to the loading screen and then it never stops loading. Mm. I just sit there. I probably sat there oh. for two or three minutes. Finally, I'm like, okay, screw this. Let me go ahead and just start the level over. And it wasn't like my PlayStation froze. Like I was able to restart the game, but I couldn't like, use any in-game menus i could only use the playstation menu so i started it over happened again i was like screw this this is pissing me off so i i kind of forgot about it i just went on a trip which i'll get to but i was gone for a few days then when i came back and i booted it up again and i had kind of forgotten i was like something happened before why i stopped playing this because i remember i was having fun but i couldn't remember that it failed on me twice and of course it did it again so I don't know what to do other than just start an entirely new file, maybe. But I, I just, I don't I know. Do. 
it was really frustrating because I don't know what I'm doing wrong, and, and it's on the PlayStation Five, so you would think this would be a pretty like well. Yeah, there shouldn't be any ironed out version. Yeah. I was going to say any loading at all on PlayStation Five, I would think would be something wrong with it because isn't it supposed to be like super fast with the solid state drive and all that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I mean, it must just be that files corrupted. I looked it up. Yeah, I looked up stuff and found myself on a few different Reddit pages and. Nobody had the same story about where it was freezing up on them, so at least they were suggesting the same thing, yeah. At least it's frozen up at the very beginning though, like you're only on the second level. Yeah. It's still annoying though. Yeah. So I'll I'll start it's it over annoying. again, but I had I had to mention it just because I just don't, I see no reason why it should be functioning this poorly on the, the newest console or you know the newest console generation. Yeah. Specifically. Um so yeah, I, I don't know. I'll get back to it, I guess. I like it. Um, it's fun. It's it's a change of pace for me because I don't play a lot of fighting games, but it's got a bit of like a, a more refined Hades feel to it, if that makes any sense. And, and of course, more linear, more like story. I guess there's like definitely a, a bit of a story happening, but mostly it's just like an old kung fu movie, and that's what's great about it. Like you're literally like avenging the death of your father. I think. Yeah, it's a very simple story that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see, that's basically it except for since john mentioned Baldur's gate 3 i thought i should also mention um i did what i said i was going to do i just started my file over but i've been listening to the podcast by uh it's by um watch out for fireballs they do a the bonfire side chat podcast which was about elden ring and i listened to every episode of that you know i was i was current on it but then it's it's done there's no more so they just like the DLC hasn't come out or we don't know anything about it. So it's just like that's on hiatus for now. So now they've got a new show called Real Lich Hours and it's about Baldur's Gate 3. And uh, since I stopped playing it a few months ago, they started this podcast and they're only like four episodes in. Um, well, four episodes of the game. I think they had like two episodes before to kind of like kind of like catch people up on D&D that may not understand it so well which i really appreciated uh, that was really nice um, and kind of the history of D and some some more like some names here and there and all that but uh this uh now that i've been listening to this i went back to it and i got caught back up to where i was before like within the first day i played it and then as of today i've surpassed where i was and i've played like maybe half the time so I just understand the game better because of this. Po- the podcast helped a lot and like learning a little bit more about D and uh, D. Also, I I just like was able to. I, I, there's a couple things I missed at the beginning that I was able to do again. One of which was get a party member that I was super excited about, but then something terrible happened to them, and I won't spoil anything. But god damn it, I really got punched in the gut last night right before I went to bed. This thing happened, and I was just like, wait, that wasn't real, was it? Like that was just like. A dream or maybe like it's one of those things where i just gotta to heal this person no it, it's it's you get i got pretty attached to that character so yeah it's and i don't know if it was my fuck up or not but they're gone now but uh yeah i also got a yeah i, I started a romance in the game too so i've gotten to see a little bit of that a little bit of the romance side of things so i i definitely feel like i've i'm more into it this time and more like focused and um I understand it better, which is very important because it's a fairly complicated thing and there's a, a lot of stuff you can do, but if you kind of, it, it ultimately it ends up being like 
more of a puzzle game than a fighting game if you like use the environment to your advantage and your different skills and just see if the game will let you do things that usually will including like you could just push like certain bosses like off a cliff and then they're just dead yeah yeah i think that that was what i heard is that yeah there's a lot of options but also you can accidentally kill your fan kill your group your party members or whatever like i've heard yeah people, forever people killing like Asterian, the one that like everybody likes that got the award or whatever yeah yep. they're like oh yeah you did, i killed that person i was like okay well, I killed one that I didn't want to kill, so that sucked. Yeah. There's a, what was it? The other one, one of their other games that they did before that had a lot of options Div- like that too. Divinity, right Divinity Original Sin, I think. Yeah, probably. The one that's on Switch also. I actually yeah, heard some, it. actually heard a lot of people liked Baldur's Gate and then tried to go back to Divinity Original Sin and they got rolled, they got destroyed because it was much harder. It wasn't as approachable as Baldur's Gate was, which is funny, but yeah. It's super approachable, um, and I really like it. So that's going to be my game of the month, probably. You know, not like I'm making a list of top games of the month, but uh, it's probably be the one I play the most this month because that's kind of what I've been saying I was going to do for a while now. Now I'm there. I'm in January, back into dry January. But let me tell you what. But you didn't start right before, right right, before dry January. I was gonna say you didn't start dry January until you got back, right? Like you didn't have to Correct. spend Vegas dry, did you? Because that would have been hard. Correct. Been yes, hard for I me. went to Vegas, <laughs> which I think I, I think people probably would have known. Like I think I mentioned it a couple weeks ago. But yeah, I went to Vegas. Just got back Monday. I was good. I was there for the week, the whole weekend, and um, or I got back Sunday night. That's right. And uh, had a great time, but it was definitely not dry January in Vegas. You've been to Vegas before? No. But now when people ask me that, I can say yes. Did you go to, I don't know if they still, I mean, they used to have like casinos and stuff. Like if you gambled, they'd give you free drinks and food and stuff like that. Did they still do that? Not that I know of. Because they, they want you to, they want to, you to spend all your money on gambling. So they give, give you free shit. I only gambled three times while I was there. And that was literally, I sat at a table. I played 21 three times. Okay. I, won, I won the first round. So it was 25 minimum bet. I won the first round. I went up to 50, and then I played another round, and then I lost, and I was back down to 25. So I broke even, and I was like, hey, maybe I should just quit. And then Sean and I were walking back to the room because it was at our hotel, and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back because I said, you know, this was – I was going to pay to play, and so it's okay to lose this money. I just want to try one more time. You want to be taught a like, lesson. <laughs> it, was a bit, it was a bit of that – I was getting a bit of that, I think, you know, the gambling urge – She's like, okay, fine. You know, that's we did say that, and so like, go back, go ahead and bet one more time. I bet one more time, and I won. Thanks. Shauna said, Shauna said, let's now, go to bed. Now you can, to go to bed. Now you can stop. Like, all right. Yeah. yeah. So I went and I cashed it out, and that's all the gambling I did in Vegas. And that was the very last night, right before we went to bed, because we had to get up early the next morning for the plane. So that's nice. Mostly You're up 100. Yep. But not not with how much I spent while I was there, and yeah, it was expensive, but. I did see a few kind of video game adjacent things. Uh, one big thing was I went to the Pinball Hall of Fame. Yeah, tell me about that because I've, I've heard about this. I, I saw a post from Craig Harris a couple of weeks ago about the Pinball Hall of Fame. I did not even know this was a thing. So what, what's, it, what's it like? So it's literally right after you roll into Vegas. Like, I guess I don't know what direction it would be from, but it's like, you know, the iconic Vegas sign. Like, you can see mm-hmm. it from the Pinball Hall of Fame. Like, it's right there, like, as you coming to the town. 
And as you're rolling up, it's just the gigantic sign that says pinball, like it covers up the whole front of the building. And, you know, that's the way Vegas is. Everything's like that. So you're like, oh my God, I'm the, the anticipation's building. I can see like in the light says the, the Uber's rolling up. Like it's just this huge warehouse full of pinball machines. And I, at the time I didn't know it, but also arcades. We roll up and we go in and first things first, I'm thinking, oh crap, I hope it's not like really expensive to get in because I didn't do much research. But no, you just pay, you know, orders to play the games. And uh, they got uh, machines there and stuff, but to like, like change machines. But we started walking around the place and I kid you not, a good two thirds of the machines were down Mm -hmm. out of the entire place. Like, including some that were just sitting around in pieces and like, I was really kind of disappointed at first, but the more I like kind of walked around and read the signage and like I talked to one of the employees for a little bit, it's like completely volunteer based. It's a nonprofit and it's um, all the machines that are inside of it are owned by people that just have them housed there essentially. And oh. from what I can tell, those are the people like they have to, they're in charge of maintaining their own machines and stuff. So I think a lot of people are probably just storing their stuff there. And then if it stops working, then they just, Maybe they come back for it. I don't know, but just leave it there. <laughs> I Do mean, it was free. There? I wonder if they they must sell. I didn't see a single. Money. I didn't see a single for sale sign on any of the like machines, which kind of surprised me because you even see that at Galloping Ghost sometimes, like they'll be selling an extra oh, machine yeah. or something, or, or or you'll see you see it a lot at the Midwest Gaming Classic when uh-huh. we're there, which which they have the arcade or the his or whatever the museum or whatever they call it. And a lot of stuff is provided by Galloping Ghost, but you, you see signs on a lot of arcade machines being like, "Hey, you could buy this today for this much," you know, like so. Yeah, not a single one of the machines was like that, but uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I just wanted to like kind of lead with that because I was very disappointed at first, but the more time we spent the, there, the more I like started to appreciate it. For like, let's just like focus on playing the old oldest machines we can find that are still working. That was really fun. Like we were playing a bunch of pinball machines for like the. 50s 60s and 70s i guess mostly from the 60s and 70s i don't know if they had any like actual pinball from before that but um we played like a lot of really cool ones that were just like completely mechanical and uh and so i was starting to get like a big kick out of that but then we found a uh this machine that was like a baseball game it was like baseball combined with um with like uh uh, a ski ball a little bit so it was like an old machine. It was from 1955 and it was, you know, completely mechanical and you had this puck and you slid it up and it like went into this little place that had different holes that the puck could land in. And that would uh, determine how many base hits you had. And so there was like this window at the top and these like little like 10 baseball guys are running around and they're like, when they hit home base, they'll like fall down into it, you know, and it kind of looks like they, Go off. I don't know. It's it was really cool is how well it was working and you know it was for the most part fully functional. The scoring was a little weird. We just had to kind of keep track of how many runs we got ourselves, but because you'd hear like a little bell ring every time. But Sean and I played that one for quite a while. I think we played four or five games of that. So it's like it's called like five at super five innings or something like that. And it's literally a, like a five inning game of baseball where you get a total of you know I guess you get three shots per inning. And then it just kind of bases your runs on that. But that game was really fun. Uh, there was this really creepy one we used that was, I guess I wouldn't call it a game, but it was like a marionette puppet that's like in this like window and it starts playing like all these old like cartoon songs and you could tell they're, fr- they're like playing on a vinyl record because they're all scratchy. 
and it's just this really creepy nice. like clown puppet and you can control it by what buttons you hit what like which arms and legs will move and its head just kind of like sways side to side and that was really creepy um they had a uh one of those uh wax extruding machines like they used to have at theme parks where you could get like a like a shape do you know what i'm talking about it was like a it would like spit to this mold are you talking about what they would have at like the museums mm. in Chicago, like where you, yeah, where yeah, you yeah. get like the the dinosaur and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. They had one of those that was from Disneyland or Disney World. I'm not sure. And uh, you could get Goofy's head, or no, it was I think it was Pluto, but I didn't do that. That was six bucks. One of those dogs. I thought that was cool that it was functional. Um, some of the games would eat your quarters, but since they run entirely on donations, I didn't complain about it. But we had a good time there. It was. Like I said, it's this huge warehouse. Um, so when I first walked in, I'm like, I wonder, I'm wondering, like, surely this isn't more stuff than Galloping Ghost, but the space was like the size of like a convention hall. But yeah, it looks massive. Once you got going, like, and you saw how much stuff was like not functional, then you realize you're just more at a yeah, you're more at a museum than a than an arcade, I guess. So and also, I was a little bit like. I was a little bit curious why they don't decorate the place better. Like it's got all these just stark white walls and you're like, why couldn't they just like paint some simple cartoons on there or like just put up a bunch of posters or art or something, but make it look like an arcade. Yeah. For whatever reason, it's just very minimalistic. And, uh, there was, you know, there was like a whole, uh, is it the Stern pinball where they're like still making machines? There was a whole like center area where there was all these new Stern pinball machines, you know, and uh, I think they probably hold tournaments and stuff there, but the rest of the arcade was not that up to date. But they did have like a Donkey Kong machine. They had like a, the original Super Mario Bros. They had like a bunch of different like old arcades. They had a really cool. What was the it was, uh, the versus arcade? Uh, it was a versus arcade that was like I think it was Punch Out and something else. Maybe I can't remember. I'll have to look at my pictures. But that one wasn't functional, sadly. But it was like a corner, like was like kind of shaped like a like the X Men arcades. Mm. Or like reverse, two like, oh, like yeah, two screens side by side. Or like yeah, it's but, a, it was, it's, it's but it was it was basically yeah. it was basically just two games in the same cabinet because they I don't even think they were like the same game where you could play. So that was cool. And then I did see a, a what's it called Computer Space. Oh that yeah, that was cool. The first I saw that. Also, sadly, that wasn't working. But it's the original like really weird like uh curvy looking cabinet like the first arcade cabinet they didn't know what the hell they were doing they sort of had the right idea but yeah. they wanted it to look futuristic you know i found this out in that uh that atari history uh that we bought from uh the people that made the card take one as well atari 50 mm-hmm. yeah. yeah atari 50 that's where i learned all about computer space and uh i really w- wished i could have played it but nope it was down but yeah, other than that, like uh, I got to play Twilight Zone mini golf. That was pretty fun. That was like an actual just mini golf course that they had set up, but had a lot of really cool props that were like stuff from the Twilight Zone series and then quotes all over. They had like little CRTs everywhere showing different episodes and uh, like the creepy puppet was in there. The uh, There was a whole like wall with books everywhere that was dedicated to the episode where uh the guy's glasses break. The Burgess Meredith one, yeah, yeah. And uh, does it have the Shat, the Shatner, the Gremlin on the wing? Uh, no, you one? know what? They I didn't, didn't see that. the Gremlin on the wing. Yeah, it probably maybe it was there in the back, but yeah, I didn't see that one. I did see uh the one where like 
where do people go when you send them to the cornfield? So there's like that one was referenced and then uh, the little boy. Yeah, the little boy. And then like the one where the uh where the uh you find out the aliens are actually humans and the big person was the alien. Mm-hmm. You remember that episode? I don't remember that one. I remember the one with all the people with the pig faces. Like that was a cool one. Yeah, that's that yeah. was that was referenced. Yeah, and and then there's the one uh I, I there was a Simpsons episode about it and all I remember my mom telling me about it. There's like the one where the girl gets like caught in the wall. And my mom said that scared the crap out of her when she was a kid. Oh yeah. They do the that's the Simpsons one where they go to the world where everything's 3D. Where he's like, "Have you seen Tron?" No. That that one. I was like, "The monsters are due on Maple Street where you have the uh, the neighborhood that's been like set into chaos by simply the aliens have turned off their power and they mm-hmm. start accusing each other." That one was like a really good simple allegory. Yeah. Well, the one I was talking about with the aliens um it's one of my favorite episodes because it's literally just a lady running around in a house and she's like listening to the radio and she's like uh it's just like listening to music or something and she's hearing all these weird sounds and she sees this like flying saucer come into her house and then it like this little guy comes out and he doesn't see her but she sees him and she ends up like smashing him or something and i don't know it's just this whole long thing where it's like kind of presented as like a horror movie like she's she thinks they're coming after her but in real life, they're just like exploring, and at the very end of the episode, it like zooms in on the uh, it zooms in on the ship, and it says United States Air Force on it. Mm. So we were the aliens, man. It's like feature. <laughs> it's like feature from Star Trek One, where it ends up being the the Voyager satellite. It was really cool though, and it was like uh, it was you know a um, um, neon mini golf, you know, like uh, so we were using like fluorescent balls and. Uh, they just made it more like Twilight Zoney, and it, and all the art and stuff. You know, you could tell it was like handmade, but I think that was charming because it didn't seem like it was like a some corporate thing that's all over the place. It really felt like a special little art installation someone made, and all the statues and stuff were really cool. I recommend anyone if you go. Uh, it's in crap. I forget which art, which casino it's in. Maybe Caesar's Palace or the Mirage. I can't remember. They're all. The thing about Vegas is that everything looks the same after like five seconds. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Because you like walk through, like even when we got off the plane, like we got off the plane and, you know, there's this person sitting in front of me that had like a really cool mullet. That's how I, you know, remembered who they were. And like we got off the plane <laughs> and that person was already it, like playing a, a, a machine in the airport, like as soon as they got off the plane. And, uh, and there's like a whole gambling room, like immediately as you get off the plane like a whole in like room where you can like smoke cigarettes inside of it. And it's got like a little, it's like the old uh, smoking rooms in the, and yeah, you can smoke inside of all the buildings there, which is wild and smells really bad. Yeah. Um, well, it's especially pretty, if, yeah, you're not, if you're not smoking anymore, I didn't like it. <laughs> or if but, you used um, to. Yeah. But it was cool that you could vape. So I guess that's cool. But um, yeah, no, everything looks, just looks the same and like we'll wander from place to place. And like, there's a lot of cool art and, a lot of lights and everything, but yeah, it's just all the, you know, and I kind of, and I was talking to Shauna, I was like, I might've, I wish I could have been here back in the heyday when it was all these like mechanical and you would hear all these like jingling and like sounds of like tumblers spinning and all that. And the sounds of coins like falling. And now it's just like, like, it's like you're going into an actual arcade, except just yeah. all these tall curved flat screens. And that's every arcade machines, the exact same, every gambling machines, the exact same thing. It's just this tall machine with a different flashy game on it. And then um, 
there's like a craps game, but it looked like if you remember, have you ever played like the trouble where you like pop the bubble in the middle and there's, there's yeah. a dice in it? Yeah, yeah, it's like that, but it's like craps where you sit there. It's like and you're like the, the dice will pop in there and like you're betting on them. Oh, wow. And then yeah, there there is also like actual tables and stuff where you could play like more high stakes stuff, but I didn't do any of that obviously, and I didn't play any of the machines either because they just they're the same as the machines here in Illinois. Those machines are all over the place at oh, yeah, bars probably. and stuff. So, oh well, but yeah, I saw the sphere, but I didn't oh. see it up close. You can just see it everywhere. You probably you, see it you... from from the plane when you're landing. Yes, you, you actually see it can from the air, yeah, because it looks pretty huge. But it's not as big. At the same time, it's not as big as they make it seem because all the buildings around it make it look tiny, actually. There uh, was some sphere news this week. Did you see? They turned it into Tetris. I guess, I guess they're... I must have just missed it. Yeah, I guess, they're, missed it. I guess they're covering it in IGN or something because I'm, I'm friends with Seth Macy and he posted that he was there by the sphere like just a second ago. So I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, well, now... I was like, Jeremy was there. Now he's there, so... But yeah, but then I and then I saw the Tetris thing, so they must have went. They must have went to cover it because yeah, I saw, I saw he was in. Vegas. Can somebody actually can you actually play Tetris on it, or is it just a video? I don't know. No idea. I don't know. It's Who probably knows? just a video. Yeah, because I don't know any spherical Tetris games. I've never played any. Tetris Sphere. I guess there's Tetris Sphere. What about Tetris Sphere on sixty four? Or like, uh, or, or like you know, uh, Tetris Attack, uh, Pokemon Puzzle League. There was the three D one that went that went in a circle. Yeah, it was more that of a two. That, that was a sphere, no. also. I mean, it was two D, but it was two D wrapped around like in a, in a, you know, it's like a pillar. It was a tube. Yeah, it was a tube. Still, you could make it. it. Did you see anybody? Did you see them setting up for CES? No. Did you get any sort of? There was. Some, I, I heard. I heard about it. I saw like some signage and stuff, but no, I wasn't anywhere yeah. where that would have been taking place, as far as I could tell. Um, no, like, but back to the sphere. Like, I only ever saw it from a distance. And I just wasn't super impressed. But then we went to uh, we went to old Las Vegas, and it's a uh, Fremont Street, and that was awesome. Like there's so that on Fremont Street there's a, a a TV screen that's one block wide, and five blocks long, and that's kicks the sphere out of the water. Like hmm. I don't care about the sphere. When I, after I saw that, I was like, this TV is the size of like a, a small town, hmm. like a, a little like fifteen hundred you know, person town in Illinois or something. I'm like, this TV screen's huge. The sphere's stupid. I don't care about <laughs> it. But we never actually went up to it to look at it um, because that was fine enough with us. Plus, Fremont's where you see all the, like, when you think of, like, Fear the Loathing in Las Vegas and stuff. Like, that's where that was taking place. That's the old strip. And, um, you know, all the street performers and just all the weird, wacky stuff happening all over the place. Like, that's it's still like that. Probably a little less chaotic, but not too much less chaotic because while we were there, I was getting a drink and all of a sudden I heard like a, like a loud thump song ne- sound next to me. And I looked over and these two uh, women were fighting and they, each of them had a whole of each other's ponytails and they're just like swinging their arms, trying to punch each other mm-hmm. and their friends were trying to get them to stop and they wouldn't. And so the cops came. Well, and somebody else was there placing bets. Mm-mm. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I saw a lot of cool stuff there. And, uh, would I go back? Maybe. I don't know. It was really expensive. Yeah, but I think I might have already mentioned that, but I think Shauna was really good at like uh planning a lot of stuff ahead of time that was more uh a little bit more on the frugal side to where 
we probably spent a lot less than we would have if we hadn't had stuff planned out so well. But every day we pretty much had an itinerary and we we stuck to it for the most part. Yeah, it's best to plan it out. I mean, if, there, if there's a town that's designed to just find ways to take your money, that that's that town. So go in with a plan. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah. Every everything like as soon as we stepped on Fremont, like people came up to me and were like. Hey, you want a picture with me? And there's like people in costumes, like showgirls. Oh, yeah. it's, like, it's probably like uh, it's like Hollywood Boulevard, where like they like the, yeah. like the dirty Batman like attacks you when you get there. <laughs> I hated that place so much. There's a guy dressed or, or up no, like not, the uh, I guess Hollywood Boulevard, but also like Times Square, more like Times Square, I guess, with the dirty Batmans that chase you and, and want you to, to have pictures yeah. with them or whatever. But Hollywood could be like that too, whereas people in like these <laughs> gross costumes being like, hey. uh Nobody you want me was to show too, you where like, wherever whoever where you want me to show yeah. me where somebody lives or whatever. Yeah, nobody was like really coming at us that much. Uh, there were signs all over the the street that were like, you know, no performer can can require you to pay them for anything, and they're not hired by the city, and nor are they employees of any of the businesses on Fremont, and all this stuff. So there was like warnings everywhere, yeah, like so don't like, get scammed, don't but, give them money. Yeah. <laughs> well, but at the same time, like some of them deserve money, like. I've got this video of this one guy like balancing on a giant stack of glasses with a bottle on top of it. And he's bouncing on his head. It looked like, I don't know how he was doing it. It was real though. I was there. Mm-hmm. He was bouncing like a freaking op. It's crazy. So yeah, it was, it was cool. I had a good time. And I mean, it was, it's all spectacle and flashing lights and, you know, don't go there if you have epilepsy probably, cause it's probably bad for you. Um, we walked around a lot, you know, it was kind of nice out. It was like in the fifties and forties. Most of the time we were there and yeah, that was my trip to Vegas. Now I'm back and happy to be at home where I have my own stuff that isn't expensive at my house and my cats. Yeah. Very cool. Well, why don't we, uh, why don't we move on to our topic then? Sure. Which is 2024, the future of the world or whatever. Uh, I just was like, um, you know, um, it's just thought we'd just talk about games that we've been, I don't know, that we're thinking about for this year or whatever. Uh, I was like, um, I said my first purchase of the year, obviously, was was Trombone Champ. I think I don't know if you brought the, bought those twenty games last year or this year, John. I bought them all last year. I haven't bought anything yeah, yeah. this year. Um, yeah, my first my first purchase was Trombone Champ. That was last week, obviously. Um, the the big game that I'm lo- that I'm looking forward to that's coming out the soonest, but not soon enough, is uh, the Dark Forces re-release from uh, Nights from Night Dive Studios. For me, that's coming out at the end of February. I wish it was coming out sooner, but yeah, that's the one. That's like my my definite 100 percent purchase. Which that's the end of February, so who knows what it'll be like then? Because we'll probably will have seen a direct by then. I don't know. I saw I saw like a post on Twitter that was like. Nintendo Direct expected to happen in February, and I posted, and I was like, "Yeah." And the sky is also blue. Hashtag no shit, blue. Right? Yeah. It's like hashtag no shit. Whatever. Uh, it's kind of funny, but it's like you know, there's all kind of like I said at the beginning of the show. I don't know whether I keep that in or not, but uh, there, you know, it seems to be a whole lot of hype around whatever the next system is because Nintendo has stuff planned like to a certain point, and then it just kind of stops. But also, you know, there's directs and all that. I mean, I feel like we kind of had this last year, kind of, you know, where there's things we didn't know about later, you know. So there's that sort of thing, but I kind of just like looked over like stuff within like the next couple months, like stuff that I'm excited for. Uh, like I said, Dark Forces that's the big one. 
I guess the next big thing that's like an honorable mention is like the Prince of Persia game, like Prince of Persia and the Lost Crown. I'm interested. Which has a demo coming out on Thursday on the 11th, which is cool. I think it's, I, I mean, it, it's like, I'm interested, but it's $50. Like, I'm inter- not interested enough to pay $50 for a 2D Prince of Persia. I'm sorry. For $50, <laughs> you know? I would expect that it, it is a like triple A Prince of Persia 2D game. Like, for a 2D game, yeah, 50 bucks, it's got to be like great. Well, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in the mindset and the mode of playing a cinematic platformer, so I'm especially intrigued right now. But I'm not going to pay fifty bucks for it. I mean, it's like I, I'm just saying I'm not that big of a Prince of Persia fan. I'd rather I'd rather they they just re-release Sands of Time for twenty bucks, and I'll just buy that and play that. Just re-release the GameCube game. That's the one that I want that I really want to play. But uh, but I know I I guess you know there's a lot of hype around it. it. It's got that thing like I always hate it where they do this on the eShop where they where they do like a deluxe edition that comes out like five days ahead of time where it's like 70 bucks or whatever. I think that's very predatory and I wish they wouldn't do that to people. But yeah, there's like some deluxe bundle where you can get it uh, days before it actually releases, which I'm like, that's kind of fucked, but whatever. That's my honorable mention because I, you know, I don't really care that much, but it's the next big release. But the most anticipated for me probably, I mean, obviously is a ease 10 Nordics ease 10 came out in Japan last year. So it's got to come out this year, right? There's still no evidence anywhere about a, an English translation. But Ease 9 and 10 came out here. Uh, as I mentioned before, Ease 10 was decided specifically for the Switch. So it's like, um, I don't know. It, it would really surprise me if they didn't do an American release for it. And I'd really like to know when that is. So that's the big one. And obviously the other big game for me is uh, Dragon Quest 3 HD, HD2D. You know, whatever the fuck's happening with that. Um there was a tweet where uh, Yuji Hori said that he was playing it or testing like in an, it in its final form or whatever. So it should be close to being done. I don't know. That game should come out at some point. But as far as like stuff like across the horizon that's like in the next couple months, like uh, Princess Peach Showtime, I think that's like March or something, right? Uh, it's like kind of around the corner. The yes, other- March. Yeah, that's my that's my first that I'm really intrigued. That's your uh, definite. I'll, that's I'll, your definite purchase or definite well, interest, whatever. I don't know if I, if I have any that's a definite purchase, but that would be the closest. I, I want to know more. Yeah. Um, there's that one. Uh, I didn't realize that the, the other big definite purchase for me that I'm really excited about is the Paper Mario Thousand Year Door re-release. But I didn't realize that that has no, that has no time period. It just says 2024. Like, it has no, like, season or month or anything. Like, it has no, it has, like, no idea on that, so. Well, they just released the other one, like, what, a month ago? So They released it in December. Right? Was it in December or November? I don't even remember. It was one of those last months. I know, but I mean, it's a re-release. Like they're they're turning out these re-releases. Well, because we got a, uh, I mean, what's it? A uh, the Mario vs Donkey Kong is right around the corner too. Like that's coming yeah. out like mid February. So I mean, they don't care. They're just gonna they're just gonna roll out the re-release in the summer. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But I'm really excited about that because I have Thousand Year Door, but my disc is scratched and I can't play it, and it makes me really sad. So I just want to buy that version of it because I know it's expensive and I just want to play a thousand year door again. I really, really liked it when it came out and I'm sad that I can't play it again like right now because I would if I could. So another one that I've actually already played that the, the past me bought so the future me can get it is uh, Ultra Pro Wrestling. That was the game that was based on uh, the Nintendo 64 game more supposed to be it's supposed to be a little bit closer, even though, you know, now that we've seen kind of the newer graphics, it doesn't really look as much like the 64 one as it originally did. But 
they did send me i got some more videos about like the creator wrestler and all that stuff and and they're adding all these factions and all these extra wrestlers and all that stuff and i already paid for it so i'll get it for free whenever it comes out and i think i'm getting a physical version of it that'll come in an n64 box which is pretty cool so that's supposed to come out this year I'm excited about that Choo Choo Charles. It's this weird first-person shooter thing where you get on a train and you fight another train that has a face that chases you. Look at it. It's coming out like in a few weeks. It's like twenty bucks. No, I, saw, totally I was bu- trying to figure out what the I'm hell totally, that was. I'm totally buying that game. So this game's been, it's been out on, it's on been, Steam for it's, a while. It's been out on other consoles. Yeah, it was it was announced in one of the directs, one of the other directs, like uh, maybe it was um, Summer Game Fest or something like that. I saw it on another thing. And I was like, ooh, that game looks cool. I'd play that. But now all of a sudden Look it's coming to Switch. Though. It got some, like, I'd say middling to poor reviews. So for 20 bucks, maybe maybe read up on it. Yeah, it did. Get, I think I thought that Alex reviewed it, friend of the show from uh, uh, Super GG Radio. Or at least he played it and said some stuff about it. Yeah, I don't know. I know it's, yeah, it got like a four from IGN. I did, I'm just looking at that now. But still, weird, weird train face. It looks kind of it looks kind of fun still, to me. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see where we're at on that at that at that moment in time. Oh, and another one that's actually really really cool that we are friends with the developers of it. Uh, Hyper Strange uh, Postal Postal Brain Damage finally has a release date. Do you remember that game? We talked about it years ago with with Voitech, and uh, it's a first person shooter that looks incredible. I mean, based on the old Postal game, which I did, which I have that on Switch too. But I've been wanting to play this game since I heard about it, and that had to have been like two years ago or something. I was going to try to figure out if I still have his contact info, see if maybe we can talk to him about this one. But it's coming out at the beginning of next month, so I mean that's like that's a definite one for me too because I I remember there being really weird commercials of it. It kind of reminds me kind of like of Duke Nukem sort of thing, like you know balls to the wall, first person shooter, old school action that I like so much. So that was one I kind of discovered just from looking through the eShop. I was like, oh shit. So there's that on there. And I guess I just threw it on here. Uh, 2024 goals. I don't know. I don't even remember what my 2023 goals were, but I'm pretty sure I didn't complete them. That's all I can say. Uh, <laughs> I don't re- we have to go back and listen to our January episode and see whatever uh, we said we were going to beat. I'm, pr- I'm sure I said I was going to beat like an SMT slash uh, Persona game, and I still have yet to do that. But uh, my, my goal that I want to do is I want to beat an old game of the year game for me that I never beat. So, it, but I want it to be like earlier than last year, like anything that's pre 2023. So maybe I'll go back and try to beat dragon quest builders too. Cause that was on my list and I never beat it, you know, like stuff like that, like stuff that was on my game of the year, but I never actually made it to credits. That's what I'd like to do is just beat one of those old, older games that I was very hyped about, but never made it all the way through. Like, yeah, dragon quest builders two comes to mind or, um, uh, Valkyria Chronicles 4. Like, I really, really like that game. And I want to go back and beat that game because that was pretty high on my list. Stuff like that. So, that's kind of my goals. I don't know. Do you guys have anything uh, in those categories that you want to talk about? Well, I know. Well, I my, think I, that. Go ahead. I was going to say, I know. I, the only 2023 goal I remember having was that I was going to finish a Souls game finally, which I did. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think that you did. I beat Elden Ring. Yeah, I think you did the thing that you said you would do. So, good for you. <laughs> The SMT uh, Persona thing was like my uh, is like my Souls thing, and I have a bunch of them, and they're very long. But I'd like to beat one of them someday. I don't know if I have any specific goals. I guess I I have the the, the folder I've called um, 
up next or something like that, or, or I called it backlog up next. So I have like eight games in there that I intended to beat. It'd be cool to beat half of them. So let me let me say I'll, I'll I want to beat four of those games that are currently in my my backlog up next. Uh, one that I was looking at recently was Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I beat the first Ori game. Yeah, you never I got, beat the second. I got fifty nine percent through the second game according to the menu. So I got I got to get, get through that game and a couple others. Metroid Dread. I'd like to get through that. Oh yeah, you should beat that one. That's a that's a damn good game. I thought about making another folder that's like white whale games, you know, like games I want to beat before I'm dead. But uh, but that'll be pretty much the same as my other folder that says games I want to beat. So I mean, it's just the same stuff again. <laughs> it's like I'm just making another folder with other games I want to play through. So it's kind of stupid because I think I already have like four or five folders that are all games to beat whenever you know, sort of thing. So yeah, just I kind of decided that that one folder would just be two rows. That's it. No more. And like I can review that every once in a while, and then add more games to it. But I'll never have more than eight in there, and that's my motivation to to beat those games. If I want to put more in the folder, I gotta beat some of those games and clear them out. Mm-hmm. How about some Switch Two predictions? Well, hold, well, hold on. But, Jer- Jeremy hasn't said anything at all about nope. uh, about like uh, you know anticipated games or any of that stuff. Yeah. So. uh well, my first purchase, I, th- I believe, was WarioWare Move It because I think I bought it like last Tuesday, right before we recorded the uh, the uh, Game of the Year episode. So that was technically this year, I do believe. But when it comes to games I'm looking forward to this year, the only one that really jumps out on the list that I've seen is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, and I don't even know what I like. Which you I probably play? won't actually care. I was gonna say you got to play the other one though, right? The the first no. one before that that one. You you don't want to? No, you don't this want to play. No, this is a different one. No, uh, Final Fantasy Rebirth is the sequel to Final Fantasy Remake. Final Fantasy VII Remake. No, it's its own thing. Yeah, but I mean, it still takes place in the story after what happened at the end of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Like, with the same characters. Like, it's it's the same game. Like, Final Fantasy VII is being split into three games as a trilogy. From one to another to so another. It's the third so part this, of that? So then? this is the middle part of it. I thought they already released the second part of that. No, they they did like an integrated thing that was in between the two of them. But no, I don't care anymore. I thought it was its own thing. Like I thought it was because like from what I I read, it was like. I mean, I guess it kind of it could be. I guess. I mean, this is like because like well, Final Fantasy remake basically only went so far. It just went like through Midgar, and then once you get to like the open world, is where Rebirth starts. So. That's so. This is, but I get. I mean, you could probably play them without playing the other one. But they are, but they do go in order. Like they are like a trilogy. So I'm sure mm-hmm. there's gonna be like a dual pack or something with both of them. I thought about maybe getting remake if it like dropped really low, like when Rebirth comes out or something like that, and just blowing through it because I know it's not that it's long. Been pre- I've seen it know? pretty cheap. Yeah, I was saying maybe if it's like ten bucks or something I think, around actually, the time I think of Rebirth. On, I think it's on PS Plus. Well, actually. it's on your probably on your version, not my version. <laughs> I'm on the, right. I'm on the low level. I'm on the lowest level. But yeah, uh yeah. But I mean that, I, yeah. And then the only other thing I could really think of like cuz I was excited about when I heard about Panda Circus which we don't know much about but that's the the guy who did Pony Island and uh Inscription, Dan Mullins. And uh there's no release date on that. It's just been sort of like teased but 
if it were to come out this year and it came to switch, that would be great. What about, uh, what about Hades two? Well, Hades two is definitely supposed to come out early access this year, but I doubt, but you don't think I'm it'll make sure it to means, consoles. I don't think it'll make it to consoles. Cause the early access is like in the middle of the year. Hmm. And like, um, Hades had been out like for over a year, I think when it had been an early access for over a year before it came to consoles, I think. So, oh, okay. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, if it did, I would love to play it, but I'm not playing the early access because I think it'll mess yeah. the game up for me. Sure, yeah. I'd rather play it when it's it's ready to rock, because um, that's the best way to do games. And I'm sure it's going to be. I'm sure it's going to be on Switch. But my goal for this year is just to keep. I just want to keep better track of like stuff because I don't remember anything later. <laughs> like I just need to come up with better uh, organizational systems and stuff when, and not just for. Um, like so I can remember later on the year, but I want to actually like get better at taking notes when I play games and stuff. So I have a better way of like looking back at it because I I didn't remember any of Baldur's Gate. I just played that a couple months ago and like hardly any of it was familiar to me. Well, I mean, you can so. play it completely differently, though. Like uh, That's every true. every time you go through it. So you may have done very different things this time. Yeah, around. but the level, but the environments are the same. Yeah, because I, I know people I have like that. very have varied experiences with it because because there's so much because uh, there's so much you can do. But if I that. had taken notes on like let's say Xenoblade Chronicles X, maybe I could go back to that. But. Oh yeah, that's in the that's kind of in the news that we shouldn't forget about. Uh, well, I guess somebody said that you know it's one of those people. Uh, I was watching a video earlier from like Game Explain where they were like. It wasn't this person, but they were like, person who's occasionally right said this. And I, I like that. I like that saying that, referring that. Sounds like any, a hard times article. Any, anybody who uh, who says anything. But yeah, there's there's more rumors about uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X possibly getting a re-release on this system or Switch 2. And uh, yeah, do it. It's, it's do it. You know, Xenoblade has been doing fine. The thing, the thing, actually, the other news thing that I don't think is on there, but I don't want to forget something really interesting that I'm super excited or super interested in is, uh, I don't know if you saw that a bunch of stuff is going out of print. Like there, there's a bunch of Nintendo games that aren't mm-hmm. going to, that aren't getting reprinted because they think that they're bringing back Nintendo selects, which I'm like, uh, hell yeah, bring that back. I don't think we're going to get like the $20 selects cause that would be awesome. I don't think Nintendo would ever go that low, it'll but, be like I, 30. but I think it'll be like, I think it'll be 40, you know, like how stuff only goes as low as 40 when it's on sale. I'm I'm saying right now as my prediction uh, that it'll be forty. That'll be how much the selects will be, and then maybe those will be on sale. Because I was like, if it would, if they would do like the twenty dollar ones or whatever, I would love to just buy Donkey Kong, like you know, Tropical Freeze or something like that, out of there just to have it on Switch too, just because it's a really great game. You know, I played through most of it on Wii. Well, on Wii, I got all the way to the last boss and didn't beat it. But yeah, stuff like that, and like Xenoblade Chronicles Two is one of them. That like you know that should be a lower price. People should play it. That sort of thing and whatever you know, various stuff like that that people can pick up. And might as well like if you're bringing in a new Switch too, just you know make a lot of these make make a lot of these cheaper and just you know you sold enough. So I can do you know I don't know if that means we'll ever get a Mario Kart Eight select version, but they should. I'm trying to remember like back when it was on Wii and they had the Nintendo selects, right? It would be. The base price was fifty bucks, and then the selects were twenty bucks. So I, th- I think it would make sense for for them to go to thirty bucks, you know, versus the normal sale price of forty one ninety nine. I think the base price was sixty on Wii, wasn't it? 
I mean, the, the, it was the, 50 the games, the games were 50 on Wii. That oh. was like the regular price was $50. And then they went up to 60 and now they'll probably go up to 70 after that. But I mean, it, they were different prices. Well, cause I remember the, um, what was it? The, I guess the D the 3DS ones were like 20 or then maybe the, or later they were. But yeah, according to according to Wikipedia, the GameCube ones, yeah, the GameCube ones were thirty, were twenty nine ninety nine, were the first uh, Nintendo Select ones. But they were Nintendo Select games for, for like, uh, Super Nintendo. Like I remember getting um, Super Player's Choice. Yeah. Player's Choice. Yeah, that's what it was called. I knew it had a different Play Loud series. But they had. A, I remember getting Super Star Wars as a Player's Choice game for much cheaper, for like ten or fifteen or something like that in the nineties. So. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. I would say I would say they're going to thirty for player's choice. And when I bought um when I bought the when I bought just a 3ds for Christmas, I bought them two. I remember bought two 3ds games for twenty dollars, and that was a uh, uh, New Leaf and Donkey Kong Country Returns because they were both selects for nineteen ninety nine for 3ds games, which I thought was a wonderful price. I think I ended up buying a was it I, I bought maybe I bought the Ocarina of Time remake for 20 or something like that cuz it went down that went to that like this little bunch of them towards the end for for that price which is great so but I but just because of like how how they don't how nothing is ever on sale really for for Nintendo stuff I'm guessing 40 because that is how low things get when they go on sale for the holiday prices I'm thinking it's just going to be like 40 bucks and then maybe it'll go less for holiday sales or whatever that seems like a very switch Nintendo move to me, but if you're, but if you don't have anything other anticipated stuff, that you, actually talking about Hades reminded me that I, I'm highly anticipating World of Go, World of Goo too. Oh yeah, because that game was announced at the Game Awards. Probably one of the only cool things that came out of that. So, is yeah, that's cool. I'm excited about that. That's a definite purchase for me. Love World of Go one. Hope it has. Hopefully, it has as epic of a soundtrack. But yeah. uh Let's talk about Switch 2. What does everybody think about Switch 2? Or Super Switch, or whatever the fuck they're going to call it. Is it happening this year? Definitely uh, happening this year. I'm calling November. Well, the it seems to be, you know, other people, whatever, uh, consumer, whatever the fuck they call themselves. Analysts. Uh, an- <laughs> analysts. Uh, they um, seem to... Yes, I said it that way. Um, they, they, seem, they seem to be like... Um, I don't know, being like, oh, it'll come out this year. It's, it's. I mean, that's pretty much anybody can say that. Like, you don't need a degree or any sort of smarts to, to say that. Like, the Switch has been out, it will be out for seven years as of March. So, I mean. It's time. And it was long in the tooth when it was released. So, it's maybe we need something else. And we probably would have been seeing more stuff about it earlier, if not for the year of the 2020 year. Yeah. Well, and also, yeah, there was all, now we get this thing all over again, like the Switch Pro and all that, where, you know, the chips, and then we had the, and then we had the OLED, and, you know, I don't know. It's I'm, just going to continue to be like, it's happening, it's happening, and then eventually it will, and they'll be like, yeah, we told you so. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but this year makes sense to me. I feel it in my gut. I also feel it in my brain, because, yeah, it's been a long time since the Switch came out. Um I would think they would probably wait till the holiday season, but maybe not. Maybe they'll do it in the summer. Or I don't know when the, when was the last time they did a, a summer release. I think they did Switch One. <laughs> Switch well, One was, was Switch One that was, was in March. spring. Oh, that was March. It was in spring, but still, it's spring. <laughs> they, Different yeah. season. I know. Yeah, like I, know. I don't know when, when the last time they did September. Yeah, a lot. Of they, I think September makes more sense than like November. 
Well, if they're going to go to to fall, I think like historically, GameCube was fall, Wii was fall, uh, Wii U was fall, wasn't it? I mean, everything everything is fall unless you have a bad I'm system before called the Wii U. Right. You know, specifically like no November what eighteenth is a famous Nintendo release day. So I I think they're going to do November again. I think they would release it before that if they're going to do it. I don't know though. I do too. The uh, the original NES, uh, the Famicom, was released in the summer, July fifteenth, nineteen eighty three. So there you go in Japan. So the yeah, first, I, I don't the first know. I mean, it makes was a summer release. <laughs> Bring it back. It makes sense. Uh, it's going to be iterative. I hope it's going to just. Hopefully, Nintendo's finally just going to let you just keep all your games from four. Keep move them over to the new console. Do whatever they got to do. Yep. Where they can't won't let you play them on the old console anymore, probably. But maybe they will. Probably not, though. Well, I think they probably won't. I think you'll still be able to play your games on the old console. Like, well, as long as they're physical games. I mean, they'll do. Uh, I'm sure they'll do. You know, maybe they'll do like some of them will work on both. Some of them will only work on the other ones. As far as new stuff, but I mean, your old stuff should still work on your old console and all that. You know, if you don't get a new one. Yeah, I just want um. I mean, it's just want what most people want is uh, I just want a switch that plays the games that are already on there better, <laughs> you know. So yeah. that would give you a reason to go back and play some of those games that, you know, as much as you liked playing them on there, maybe you would be more, you know, you'd be more enticed to play them if they if they ran better than they than they do right now. I'd know? say that's more heavy duty Joy Cons with Hall Effect joysticks. That would be cool. Well, I think that's a maybe guarantee do like, because they maybe do did, like some yeah. like aluminum Joy Con or you know do something just a little tougher. Well, they did. I mean, they did do like a. There was a patent for the Hall effects that showed up that Nintendo did. So, I mean, I do think we're going to see those. Yeah, bad because they they so. can't just do they can't do the drift the. Drift and obviously, there. I think it should just be OLED out of the gate. Um, and I don't think the screen needs to be bigger. The screen's fine, in my opinion. I heard I heard rumors of 125 hertz for the for the screen, which people are saying that it could possibly do like VR better. I guess they never played the Labo VR. They don't know how incredible that was. I do. I mean, that was we amazing. we all do. We bought it. It was the best VR that ever existed for forty dollars. That's for sure. So the best VR that ever existed for forty dollars for forty dollars. Yes, I'll, I'll agree yes. to that. You have, to, you have to include the for forty dollars part. Yeah, <laughs> for forty. Bucks. Plus, you get to build it yourself. That's fun. Exactly, and you could drink whiskey and do it with your friend at, at the Midwest Gaming Classic, and it, and then record people talking about it. Let him have Chris Kohler disparage it. Yeah, that was a fun episode. We went and talked to everybody about it. My number one request for Switch 2, I just want every feature that's considered to be a modern standard on the other consoles to be present on Switch 2. Like, what is that? Voice chat? Like, <laughs> like party voice chat? chat <laughs> like, like, um, it, like it, it invites, you know, for every in-game invites for every game. Uh, dare I say achievements uh, all that stuff all the stuff that's just like yeah no brainer you, 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 you think it belongs on anything you'd call a modern console put it on Switch 2 uh, Switch 2 please I just want it to have I know it won't be exactly the same as like the Playstation 5 and all that I just want it to have a, a similar like snap snappy load time thing like that's that's mm-hmm. what I would like to see I know it's not going to be the same exact graphics, but if they had a, you know, whatever thing where it would load quicker would be great. That'd be a great thing on there. 
Even though a lot, I mean, you know, depending on what it is, you know, the load timing isn't that long, but it would be, I just hear the stories of how quick everything loads on PS5, and that's like the one thing that makes me want one. It's no loading. Loading's for losers. Get rid of it. Doesn't matter what you're loading, Trey wants it. I want it to not load. No loading. Snappy loading. I want there to be a sensor bar. For Wii, for Wii games, somehow hey, not, a bad, not a bad. Just, just bring a sensor there. bar back, and you know, at yeah. this point, it probably doesn't even need to be a huge thing. It's probably, you could probably just put some little tiny dilly dop on top of your TV, and it works. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, it, I mean, it could be like I have this one over here that's like that's completely wireless. I mean, I don't know if you ever made, you know, you can make your own sensor bar out of like candles. Like Two I've, candles. I've done that, of course. Yep. You know, that's pretty easy. Or the old, you know, the Wii U, the Wii U. Uh, Controllers had sensor bars at the top too, you know, so you could use this as a sensor bar as well. So there, there was a, there was like a fake, like a, there was an April Fool's uh, game explained thing that I really wish it was called like the Switch 4U or whatever, or the Switch 4KU. And it's like, it's basically two switches on top of each other that like clamshell and you open them and you separate them and you put one in the dock and you hold the other one. So you have like dual screens like the Wii U. I want that. Somebody make that. <laughs> and Nintendo specifically, not somebody. Nintendo, you make that. That's what I want. I want that thing where it has two screens and you separate it and you can play together each with your own screen. Give it to your friend. You got you got multiplayer right there. And you put one screen in the dock so you can make Mario Maker levels properly on the on the on the controller. You know, with the stylus and all that. That's the future right there. And you got a clamshell. You can finally like close it to where it. You won't have to worry about the screen getting scratched as much and all that. And, and we can, and then they can bring all of the 3DS games on there. We can do like a DS, 3DS, Nintendo Switch Online thing where we where we can have two screens. It'd be wonderful. That's what I want. I want a two screen Switch too. Switch. DS. I want screens on all of the controllers too. I want just screens everywhere. I, w- I want them all to have detachable memories that you can play yeah. on their own, like a Dreamcast. I want that. Yeah. No, not not really. I, I just want I just wanted to make just make it to where we can play 3ds games and DS games, and you can re-release them through Nintendo Switch Online like that, and it's easier to do and easy to do like you could on Wii U, but you don't have to pay for it. That that would be really cool, like an additional thing. Or if you like take your Joy-Con with you, and it like you could do like side work side quests on your stick somehow, mm. or maybe it had like a you know. You could just use it for fitness. Things it has like a like, has like a travel like, like a, a pedometer or whatever you call it, like where it. Knows well, yeah, maybe like a pedometer, yeah. but maybe they add like a you know a, a vitality sensor to it too as well, or something like that, where you could take it have more have more functionality for it. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out what Nintendo could do that would surprise me or make me something. excited. The the old vitality sensor, bring that that bring back that thing that uh <laughs> that they just kept talking about but never used for anything. Just bring that. I got bring something. This could solve all the screen woes what if the nintendo switch to app was actually a useful app where it could become a second screen that's hilarious like seriously honestly like we we're all we we want we want two screen gaming everybody's got a screen we have no shortage of screens in this world everybody's got multiple screens just make that app functional to where i can use my ipad that i'm looking at right now as the second screen simple solution just make that app useful and and well then you need some sort of attachment where you can attach to your controller because i'm not like i want it to attach to the controller make it to where we've all got every controller has bluetooth nowadays you know you don't necessarily need to physically attach it but i want it physically attached i don't want it i don't want a separate 
I want it in front of me so I can feel like I'm playing a 3DS. That's what I want. I want it Nintendo partners with the what that was that the the backbone the backbone the backbone that would be cool it. yeah I already have one so uh, just make it work like that and I can use the backbone on my phone and play Switch with it. I already use it to play PlayStation Four, so yeah, do that. That would be cool. Yeah, I really would like to use that. Actually, have the app be useful. I think there's yeah, they, they they like a lot of things. Nintendo put one foot in but didn't jump all the way in. I think having a useful app could solve so many, so many of the problems as far as making things a bit more modern. Yeah. Like the only time I would ever use it, I think I used it once like with either one of you or both of you where, yeah, just where you just want to voice chat, but don't want to deal with using your computer or whatever, I guess Mm -hmm. you kind of use it like that, but it doesn't even work that well. If you're just talking to like one person, you might as well just call them. And just yep. talk them and talk to them through your Bluetooth headset or whatever, you know, yep. or like or or do or use Discord or whatever, like we do for the for the stream, you know. It's like I'd also like to be able to check in on my profile remotely the way that you can on Xbox and PlayStation. Like every once in a while, I'm just like out there in in the car somewhere, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, how many hours have I played on this game? I'd like to be able to like pop in and see all that information. I mean, or see who's playing online right now. I mean, you can though. Uh, like I, I use, I mean, I actually do use the Nintendo Switch Online app regularly, just to see who's playing without turning my Switch on. I do use it all well, the I'd time like, for that. Yeah, I'd like and, to, and it'll show just it reliably you. pop in and see every bit of information regarding my whole Nintendo experience on on the app. I mean, I don't think it, I don't think it will show you your times for gameplay, and it won't show you your friends' times for gameplay. So that sucks, but. I use it all the time to see who's playing, and I use it to spy on Jeremy too on my uh, on my PlayStation One, so I can see what game you're playing. You know, so I'll be like, "Oh, what's Jeremy doing tonight?" Oh, there you are. You're playing Dragon Quest Builders, because I do that too on that one. They both work the same way: spy on your friends, see what they're doing, mm-hmm. and they tell you they can't hang out and see what game they're playing. But no, uh, yeah, they they could they could update it with more stuff. Yeah, basically, all I all I really use it for is just to see yes, just to see what people are doing or see if anybody's playing you know if anybody's playing anything or whatever and we totally spy on each other too like today i was playing aw and i got a text from shake being like hey you're playing aw how's tony storm or whatever so you know we do the same like he totally yeah we totally do that like uh or i you know where i'm like hey you're playing the game let's play online right now and it's like okay fine so yeah but it would be nice there would be more stuff to it but yeah i don't use anything aside from just just spying on people through there but yeah, I really don't know what else they would do. I mean, there has to be some weird Nintendo thing, as there always will be. You know, there needs to be some sort of gimmick thing. But I mean, do you like the? I mean, you want the Joy Cons to stay? Like, you still want detachable sides and all that stuff? Yeah, I'd still like all that. And in fact, I, I think there's some question as to whether or not motion will be a major function or even any function of switch too i, I hope oh, that motion it should sticks still, around it should still be there just for yeah just for the fact of um gyroscopic gaming for uh gyroscopic for gaming shooting and, games it's really good or, or any sort of third person action thing the gyroscopic gaming thing er, aiming should be in everything yeah like jeremy yeah. said bring back the bring back the the what you call the sensor bar so we can have proper pointer controls and um, yeah keep motion controls don't 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 throw it away it's it's part and parcel to the Nintendo legacy nowadays. And I think you just need to need to have it. Don't throw it away just because a bunch of people say 
you know, we, we don't use it or whatever. Well, a lot of people you, use it. I mean, if you, I mean, you know, Jeremy was just talking about earlier, like playing WarioWare Move It, uh, you see all yeah. these, like, it's just like, oh, wow, like, they could have done a lot of really cool stuff with motion control yeah. that nobody does, but it still, like, gives you, makes the Switch feel kind of young again, where it's like, oh, man, look, yeah. at, look at all these th- cool things you could do if, if you did, you know. But that's always like what those WarioWare games were. It's like, what, 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 look, 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 the sky is the limit here, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. So and it's got to stick around so we can have Wii virtual console games. Like, we, you know, bring back those Wii games, uh, not virtual, co- NSO games. Make, make yeah. a Wii NSO with, with motion controls and keep the motion controls on the new system so that we can actually do that, you know? And then maybe we'll finally get Mario Galaxy 2. Right on the system, <laughs> they could put it on Nintendo Switch Online since it didn't come out on the Mario game that you can't even buy anymore. They did say they were going to ha- release it, didn't they? At some point, they never did. Never said anything about Mario Galaxy Two. Oh, like, I thought like they specifically. Did. I mean, I think a lot of people thought that they would, but they just didn't. We never, Here's another we never thing saw. that would that would get me. I mean, I'm going to buy it regardless, but it, this would. Get me really, really excited about buying. Have it, it automatically sent to your house without even doing anything. <laughs> do that, please. And also, Nintendo, just do that for free. I would like that. No, also, I, w- I would like. Not only would I like every NSO, any every current NSO game uh, ready to go day one. I want them to just hurry the fuck up and do like a huge swath of new consoles. Like every console that's mi- certainly every Nintendo console that's missing. Day one, give me Wii. Give me Wii U. Give me GameCube. You already got give Wii me... U. Every Wii U game is pretty much already re- already represented, aside from uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X and Devil's Third. We pretty much already have all of them on the Switch. You just have to buy True. them again. But yeah, here I really saying, wish though, I'd buy you know, Devil's Third. I, I would like I bought it, all bought that it stuff for twenty bucks ready to go. <laughs> I would like just all the all the consoles ready to go. You know. Throw some DS and uh, 3DS. How, however, you got to figure that out. Make that happen. Uh, and let's stop doing this like slow drip dry of of every uh, Nintendo game in, in existence. Like I, I'm, I was tired of that back in the, the Wii days. You have all this stuff. Just like unleash it. Put it all out there. If not every game, just something from every system. What I what I was saying is, uh, well. Number one, I did buy. I bought Devil's Third. I have it for Wii U. I bought it for twenty dollars online way back when, because it was available for that. And I liked that game. I thought it was a great game. It's uh, worth a pretty penny now. Oh yeah, well the physical one. I bought it. I bought it digitally, but oh. I just really wanted to play it. But even then, it was still expensive. It, it's a stupid act. It's a stupid third person action game. It's it was fun. like an exclusive, uh, exclusive to like GameStop or something, wasn't it? I don't know. I mean, it was it was rare to find. But as far as like the 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 like the the drop of games, like I actually like that better than than them dropping everything at once because it's dropping everything at once is the same as like using using emulators and ROMs. It's like here's 500 games, cool. I won't play any of them. I'll go play something else because it's too much at once. I want everything to be like drip fed because then because then I'll play like Jet Force Gemini or whatever just because that was the one that came out that week. I would never play that if it came out with far superior games at the same time. Like mm-hmm. I prefer like the drop because then if they just give me a hundred games at once, I'm not going to fucking play them, you know. And you're gonna and well, you're not gonna and you're not gonna see the unique ones in there. Like I prefer where they give you these like smaller ones because you're not mm-hmm. gonna play like Fighters History or whatever weird game and within these other 
you know, within these like perfect darks and Mario sunshines or whatever, you just won't play those. So it's better to like, I like it where it's, but I, but I, but at the same time, yes, I want all the Nintendo switch online that's available right now to be available on switch too, obviously. But I like, I like the, like, you know, where they, I I wish there was a little bit more of a, a little bit of more of a, you know, like an actual time to it or like a map or something as to when things come out or a specific date or whatever, you know, like, like PlayStation plus, like every month you get new stuff. Like Nintendo, it's like, who knows? Like sometime, like maybe two weeks in a row, maybe like not for two months or whatever. Mm -hmm. I wish there was kind of like more of a method to their madness is what I was going to say. Like where it's, where maybe we have a day or like, maybe we have a specific like week or whatever, like at least say like, all right, it's going to happen like in the middle of this month, every month or something like that, but you don't know what it is. You know, like I want some sort of like, I like to see some sort of map to it, you know, but I don't yeah. need, I don't want everything all at once. Like that's just too much. That's sensory, that's about sensory the, overload. I, I won't, I won't play it. I won't play it. All what I'm time. saying about the, the drip is I'm including the fact that this has been going since 2006 now for 18 years. Well, yeah, um, but like, I, I don't. Like, I, I don't want. What I want them to, yeah. want them to do is. To I don't just, want them to start all over again. What I want them to do is to 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 do every like every game that has ever been available on say way back to Wii vir- Virtual Console whatever. Like I want those again on the current system, like as soon as possible, and then from there, like pick up the pace a bit. Like like I I, I agree with you on on not getting so much thrown at you at once, but I do want like everything that was available 18 years ago, ready to go for switch Two or within the first year of switch Two. like get up to speed on what you've already given us and, you know, sold us on five different systems now or whatever. And then once you've done that, give me like a regular stream of five to 10 games a month. I think ten is too much a month. <laughs> I want, I want, I want, less. I want yeah. less. I want less than that. I want five or less a month. But uh, I mean, you're not going to get everything that was ever available on Virtual Console because those are from other companies that want money. Like um, as yeah. far as Nintendo produced stuff, we have most of those things already on there. Uh, without Zoda's Revenge, you know, like that's like the only thing we don't have from NES or like Mario Galaxy Two, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, sure, I would love to see those on there, but I mean. Like asking for everything from Wii, well, the, there's no fucking way in it. it there's no well, way that will ever happen. Absolute best to give, give everything that we've had previously. So let me, they're not going to put it on Nintendo Switch Online though. Like the other companies won't won't buy that because they'd rather sell it to you as a collection and then you'll pay more for it. You know, they're not going to put it on Nintendo Switch Online. It's like here's two dollars a month have. for this. Some well, of them, some of them have like Jalico, like, like Jalico, like Jalico. Well, there's one Castlevania game on there. The one in Genesis. We got Bloodlines and yep. There's one Genesis. There's one on Genesis. That's yep. it. <laughs> well, yeah, and there's well, the other, Game Boy. There's okay, one so Game there's, Boy one. There's there's other third party games. Yeah, Jellico games. Us, so yeah, there's 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 Jellico games on there. Fighters History, like okay. those games that nobody yeah, else will buy anywhere else. But they're on there. <laughs> I would like them to do their best to play catch up. Is all I'm saying, so that we can like actually have a proper start to you know a virtual console NSO on on Switch Two without waiting years for something that we already got back in you know 2011 so pretty much just put ds and wii games on there so i think that's the only thing that we don't have well game boy advance games no they're already on there uh but all but yeah the ones that were on wii u that aren't on here yet like mm-hmm. fucking uh yeah like the f-zero games damn it put those in there 
I am kind of mad they aren't on there. Maximum Velocity and GP Legend are not there. But I think we've said enough on this. Is there any other news to say that we haven't said, or can we call it? Uh, pro- probably the biggest one is just that uh, a 13-year-old kid beat Tetris for the first time on so, NES. So how do you beat Tetris? Is it like is it like the Game Boy one where you have to get to the rocket? He got no. to a, a kill screen because he maxed out like all the digits. Oh, At least there was that's no, what it looked like. No official, there's no official end of the game. Okay, yeah, I was, so I was curious because the crash the game, the yeah. Game Boy one, you get the rocket, like you get to the rocket, and that's how yep. you. That's that's what I would do. Well, I do it on the where it's like the limit, and you have to get it under the under the the um under the line or whatever. But also, you can get to the rocket on just the regular single player, and I considered that the end. So, I mean, I I don't know as much about the NES one than the Game Boy one because I was like, well, so like, is there a rocket on that? Any- no, the the no NES one does have the rocket, yeah, but there's not an official into Tetris. Yes, that is the best you can get. You get like a full space shuttle. It's actually a space shuttle, or I think. Yeah. But um, no, it's a uh, the kid just basically learned how to do like kind of what Billy Mitchell and Steve Wozniak, or not Wozniak, whatever his name, Steve Weeby and all that were doing yeah. with Donkey Kong, where mm-hmm. they get to the kill screen. When you get to the kill screen, or I, I think Pac Man, uh, was it Pac Man two fifty six or whatever that that what game was mm-hmm. that was like based off the kill screen like they based the whole right. game like that's kind of off one. of that yeah, um, yeah that's a uh a thing that's just like an, an old arcade thing and like this kid just got this kid overwhelmed the cartridge and you know it ran out of digits think of like in mario one when you like you get too many lives and it starts to show up as weird symbols or whatever oh, yeah. it's kind of the same thing like it's just running out of like the normal digits in its memory and it starts to glitch out then eventually it freezes and uh, that's what the kid got it to do. And he was live on Twitch. And I saw like a follow-up interview. So there was a little bit of controversy. So I can't remember if it was a BBC reporter. Matt made yeah, some so kind of like off-the-cuff report. Like, that kid needs to go play outside more. And, you know, there was a lot of backlash towards that. It's a fundamental person. misunderstanding of what it took to do that. Like, Yeah, yeah it's like, it's like, fuck, it's like yeah. fuck you, dude. It's like somebody like gets yeah. like a new high score at a golf tournament or something. And you're like, oh, fuck you. You should have been like, you should have been sucking dick at a business or something. And, you know, <laughs> instead of learning how to play yeah. game, play like, it's stupid. Like, it's just another skill. Like, fuck off, dude. Anyway, that yeah. person, that reporter did receive a lot of backlash and ended up like, issuing a formal apology and everything but uh so i saw another news article i can't remember it was some, one of the big ones like nbc or something on youtube the other day and they were interviewing him and they made a point like his mom made a point and they made a point to be like oh yeah he loves riding his bike and he's outside all the time but you know sometimes he plays tetris and what he does he sets the world record you know like he's just a normal kid that also happens to like play a yeah. lot of tetris i mean he's really good at it they yeah. really should put that mentality to, to bed, like fucking kill that shit, you know, like stop being like, oh, you know, but, oh, yeah. you did this. You're a loser. You don't do anything else. I mean, you should but say the, that for everybody else. Like anybody who hits a fucking home run. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're a loser. You spent too much time playing fucking baseball. Like go yeah, do something else. Football. Yeah, or whatever should have been else. sucking dick at some business. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should, a, uh, you should work for a corporation and have no no hope for your life whatsoever. That's what you should be doing. Get, but, get you in the but, system. <laughs> But yeah, you got to see that clip because um, they bring the kid on, and then of course they're like, "We have somebody who wants to talk to you." And it's like, yeah, uh, it was a le- first. It was Hank Rogers that came on and congratulated oh, nice. him, and then Alexei Pachinov came on and congratulated him, and they're like, "You did a great thing, kid!" Like you just gave him this really high praise, and I can't imagine 
Can you imagine if like Miyamoto called you up and was like, "Good job on beating Mario the best way that's ever like." Yeah, right. expect- <laughs> Hold on, hold was, on. There's was, somebody on the other line. I'll patch him. Yeah, right. I was getting goosebumps just watching this. Like that kid's like. There's just Fucking nowhere superstar. higher up that kids gonna yeah. ever go in their life. I don't think it's like, the end. That's your big. That's your. Uh, <laughs> your you need to. You need to beat some other game that hasn't been. Yeah, beat. fucking Alexi, Alexi Pachinoff calls you. Tell yeah. you you did a good job in the game he created on mainframe, like in 1984, 85, whatever year it was. Yeah. In the USSR. That's crazy. And this yeah. kid was born 13 years ago, and no one else had done it since, like before or since. Better. You do the kid's name is his oh, handle yeah. online is Blue Scooty. So congratulations! <laughs> <to you. laughs> that's that's the end, Scooty. Is this no? It's, it's just down from here. <laughs> Nothing else you can do better than that. I don't know. He'll probably probably get. He'll probably start a podcast and get plenty of uh, patrons or whatever. Just or get somebody on. like uh, a guest of honor at Tetris tournaments or something. Or, or be like uh, be one of the new highest uh, Twitch streamers or something like that. Maybe they'll add him as the new block to the new Tetris game. <laughs> Because it wasn't it a uh, I guess like he like he did it and then somebody else did it right like did the yeah, a couple yeah. other people did it and actually got the kill screen earlier than than he I guess there was an opportunity where he could have got the kill screen and and he missed it but nevertheless he was the first to reach the kill screen in, in Tetris no, the, and I did I did see how he plays and it's a while later absolutely insane the way he holds the controller yeah they do rolling this that's oh I've seen that where they rolling. like hold yeah. it like like with like differently right instead of like this well like he, like he like sits on the floor and like he's holding it between his feet you know he's like a flexible kid so he's like oh he's like using his whole body to like keep the controller in place while he's doing this rolling stuff because mm. that's yeah it's absolutely people, crazy i've seen people hold it different ways but cool all right yeah congrats blue scooty you've been uh blue scooting all over tetris may your scoots be blue <laughs> I don't even. I don't. I don't think I have the NES Tetris. Or no, maybe I do. Maybe didn't you give it to me, Jeremy? Didn't, I might have got it from you. I think so because I had multiple copies of so, it. I think I did give you one. I'll get started on getting to that. Getting to that uh, kill screen. But no, I, I think I think we're good on this episode. Uh, thanks everybody for listening to episode four hundred four. If you want to hear more of us, go to patreoncom slash podcast. and you can hear bonus episodes. We just did an episode about the best swan songs of various consoles on there. If you hear us talking about stuff we want in Nintendo Switch Online, there's definitely one on there that I talk about that should be on there in the future. I would definitely love to see the Wii Virtual Console stuff that was on Wii U brought to Switch. That'd be really cool. Especially the really obscure one that I talk about on that episode, which I'm not going to say by name, but you can find out if you listen to it. If you donate to us on Patreon. And, you know, keep a keep a lookout for, you know, the 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 youtube uh, top 10 video that'll be up at some point and the wrt radios and all that stuff i'm working on it they'll be they'll be out soon enough i'm sure and also you can catch our wrestle chat every monday night at 11:30 at twitch.tv slash podcast i'm sure we'll be playing doing stuff with tony storm next week since she is now on the game and anticipate whatever season three will bring us for uh for fight forever and all that stuff so you check that out there or you can find us on Twitter at myself at Nintendo underscore domain and at Jeremy at jmaxstack and all that stuff. YouTube.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast. I think I said it earlier. Oh, yeah. Or join our community through Facebook. Whatever. Look up Nintendo Main. You can find us all over the place. But we've been your hosts. I'm Trey Johnson. I'm Jerry McCaskey. Don Nitter. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. See ya! Let's play some Tetris, motherfucker.
future.